Hello and welcome. It's me, Matt, and you're listening to Elite Rugby Banter. And yeah, as you can hear, it's me. So there's no Adam to steer the ship today, and Alex is missing in action too. And I think um, my other co-host Ben has alluded that they're watching computer games somewhere. Not together, obviously, because the two of them will never be together. But anyway, hi Ben. Um, hello Matt, how are you? Good, good. Uh, so, um, um, oh, sorry, yeah. And then? Oh, sorry, I thought so, you, sorry, you, 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 you were about to say something. I thought you, this is the most stumbling in, <laughs> opening ever. I'm yeah, sorry, this is, this is just a shit show. I apologize. Oh, it's fine, it's fine. And joining us on our special shit show edition, um, <laughs> I'd like to introduce Gavin. Hi, Gav. Gavin or Gav? What do you Hello, mean? boys. Either or is acceptable, whatever you prefer. Okay. I'll probably switch between the two, to be fair. Sure, no worries. Thanks for having me. No, no, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, so Gavin is here as our ringer for Ireland, which is one of the three teams we'll be covering in our World Cup preview series that we've been running. And hopefully you guys have been listening to and have been learning one or two new things. I still still remember, I still think of uh, Tongan, ah, not Tongan, Georgian coverage was quite good last week. So I'm still... Super stoked about having Lado's input on that. And yeah, so today we're covering Ireland, as mentioned. I've got Tonga and Ben is doing the US via correspondence. Are you doing France now as well? Uh, and, and France, not via correspondence. Okay, so you're going to put the effort in on France and you're going to do the US by correspondence. Oh yeah, so, so, so uh, another, another friend of the pod, Morris, has... Um, dialed it in for well not dialed it in he's sent us a his analysis of the US team which is quite good because I don't know too much about the US team yeah the US team is actually one of those dark horses that you only know about the seven side oh like, like I, I think they'll I think they'll be quite good considering the um they've got a their stuff now. about yeah but they actually haven't chosen too many players from there we, we'll get on to that yeah, during yeah. the during the preview yeah, yeah okay so I think yeah let's push on with the news that's happened this week so Ben and I we've cut out I think most of the superfluous stories to the big stories we're just going to pay lip service to because they're going to come up when we actually do cover the teams for the World Cup preview is that Argentina and Australia have both announced their World Cup squads I think yeah not uh ISA being dropped from the Argentinian squad is one big piece of news, and the other big piece of news is that Australia seems to have pulled what everyone thought Rassi was going to do and have picked two nines, and then four loose forwards, and then something else. Yeah, well, I think, for firstly, Argentina didn't pick Facundo Issa. Issa, not Was it, was it ISA? I don't know. I, we, you're more than unlikely better than you must probably write. Which, which we, we were chatting before the show, and Gavin reckons he's their best forward. Um, the most, think, the most impactful forward. Like, yeah, like like he he fucking he like tears up trees and shit. Like, and he's uh, not yeah. just that, but he's also he's a he's a good ball. He's your he's a classic eighth man. Yeah, I would have thought. Which, yes. To me, Matera 
Matera Kremer. Sorry, yes. Matera Kremer. And... Matera and Kremer are very strong players as well. But Isa has is the most explosive, I no, would say, I'm, with I'm, the I'm... ball in hand. He's sort of rangy and, and he... he's good footwork, and he knows where the try line is. Yeah, he 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 rounds out a, a loose trio really nicely as well. Yes, and, uh, and yes. Now the, the three the... mentioned there would be ideal as a back row. Yeah. But um, there is a thing that, oh, what's the Argentinian coach's name, whatever. Ledesma. Uh, but Ledesma, yeah, that he was saying that they prioritizing players that have um, that have stuck it out with the Jaguares and not gone to Europe. So sure. may, maybe this is maybe this is something to do with that, or maybe it's disciplinary or something. Maybe you know there, there was an incident. I'm not sure, but to me it seems a bit. Especially, do you know it's it's the World Cup? Like, yeah, pick your best team. team. Yeah, don't yes. let policies get in the way. Although I don't know. Yeah, maybe they realizing that they're not going to get very far this World Cup and deciding this is the one that they get to make a statement with the players. Then, sac- by knowing that they're going to sacrifice, I don't know. Fucking stupid. Anyway. No, no. I I, I was holding out secret hopes that they that they would roll England, but. After this weekend, that, that doesn't seem very likely, huh? Uh, yeah, fuck. And, yeah, so no. following that, following... The, the, okay, yeah, so what were you saying? Well, then with the, the Australian squad, yeah, so firstly, two, they've only taken Nick White and Wolgenia as yeah. scrum halves. Yeah. But which, we, uh, I don't know, what, what do you think, guys? Three scrum halves or two scrum halves for a World Cup squad? Three, I would say three. It depends, yeah... Who, who, it depends who you have that could fill in in an emergency. So I know that our, in Ireland, the talk is that before he got injured, Joey Carberry, who played, as far as I know, a little bit of scrum half in school, which is obviously a million miles from international level, the idea was if you know things really went south and we only ended up having to play someone who isn't a natural scrum half, he would step in. But if you have nobody and you're like Italy all those years ago, fielding a flanker at scrum half, then you need to bring three. It depends how good yeah. your, your half is, your two and a half. Yeah, you need... Well, yeah, yeah, well, this... Yeah, but it, it's a bit... It's, yeah, cause, it's I mean, risky, we, though. Because we were no, making no, but, the joke but, 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 with this, Colby. This is my... We were making the joke with Colby, like, not a week ago. Yeah, no, but is, is it actually that risky? Because you're allowed... Injury substitutions to your squad. Yeah, yes. so essentially when one goes down, you play your reserve scrum off as your starting scrum off. You put this half scrum off like we would have then had Colby as our bench scrum off while we're flying over. Yeah, so, 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 so what, the what? The, 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 the only, the so only need, situation so you need a second where, where this happens is either freak incident, you lose both your scrum halves in a, in a match. Well, in a, if you lose both your scrum in a match, you you screwed either way because you can't, you know, you can't just call some oak up from the crowd to come to all, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Unless you yeah. move So so it's basically if two scrum get injured during the week before a game, but basically 24 hours before the game. Yeah, it's got to be like on because, the captain's you know, run. Japan. Yeah, so oh, I don't know if it's that if it's that risky depends. to be honest. Like who the, out of here because they're gonna need. Because from Australia, it's also not that difficult to fly somewhere up to Japan because it's 
just a, sure. a big shot. Yeah, yeah, I guess they could get someone there in sort of six, seven hours. Eh? Yeah. Obviously, I, I wonder. Take, you know, they'll have to go home and get the. I wonder, is it a thing that there are guys plotting their holidays very well? It wouldn't be holidays, would it? Because it's in season. Yeah, so, for example, like... during the Lions tour, during the Lions tour to New Zealand, <laughs> um, there was talk. Or no, the Lions tour before that, no, Tom Court, who was a, a mediocre Irish prop, was supposedly on holidays close by to where the uh, where the tour was taking place. And next minute he got the call up. And I'm just wondering, are there going to be guys kind of floating around that area of the oh, world oh, so, thinking if i'm so, nearby so, and they so can the, get me in a day early so essentially what you've you've blown the secret i'm running a front row training camp sort of to keep the guys fit here in south korea just before the, yeah exactly the that's exactly on. what i was thinking so it's like a, it's it's literally a two-hour yeah. flight i mean it's an unprecedented no, south korean yeah. training camp no, no, but it's it's like every I'm sure I'm sure we've all had this sort of daydream, you know, when you're like ten years old or whatever, like you you're watching Springboks or Island play or whatever, and someone goes down and they're like, "Who's gonna play?" And you're like, "What? I have, I, I have my boots. I can do it. I'm all be the hero." Is this is this is Ben's rugby version of Is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, I would, I would. No, actually, I wouldn't. God, like. Fuck, I don't think I'd last two minutes out there, like, just fitness-wise, no. and then, God, God forbid I get I would throw, I would one, throw one pass from the base of the scrum, and they decide they're better off with 14 than me and being the 15th man. <laughs> yeah. oh, so, 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 again, we didn't ask, what, what's, your, uh, what's your rugby background? We, 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 we don't judge, we're just interested. Okay, well, please don't judge, because I had a brief and uneventful rugby career that finished at the age of about 15, when I was no longer, uh, I was tall enough, but I hadn't filled out enough to compete with uh, the guys. And I didn't go to a strong rugby school anyway, one of the traditional powerhouses. So I bowed out and uh, I've been an armchair fan ever since. Oh, it's okay. But, uh, well, sometimes that, 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 it, it, it keeps your perspective pure. Yeah. It does, I mean, it does. Like you, uh, I mean... You you still slightly more biased than our man Adam. He's just like doesn't doesn't know what what what, what the feel of contact <laughs> Adam, actually is. Adam, <laughs> Adam who has never stepped onto a rugby field in anger. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so and then well, the other thing. What, um, can I just make one point there, sorry, sorry. which is that shows the benefit of the French system, whereby pretty much every halfback in France grows up learning to play outside half and scrum half and the idea is that any of them should be more or less interchangeable I think it's less the case now but it certainly has been we can all think of examples like Michelac for example Um, the tradition was always that you would be able to step in and play either interchangeably and I suppose um, is there a South African example in recent years as well um, Ruan Pino. Pino. Yes, that's it. 15, he played 15 this week. The Irish, you guys, you guys love Ruan Pino. Like, oh, he, is like... he was he was barnstorming for Ulster when he was here. Yeah, and we I, were, know, I, I understand he was, he's uh... not as highly rated outside Ireland. Like we always come. No, no, yeah, but I, I think 
I, I think he was born in the wrong. Like, I honestly think if he was born in Ireland or England or Scotland, he would be like a 150 cap international sort of thing. Well, he was the national player. But in player. South Africa, he just... No, but he's a... Yeah, because he, I think he's played 9, 10, and 15 for the Springboks. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. he's still got 60 or 70 on Springbok caps, so, so it's not like we yeah, ignored him. Wow. Yeah, he's just never... Like, he just didn't have the skill set to be what South Africa wants from him. Oh, I think he got a lot of those caps, but that, that's the problem. He made himself a very useful bench player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, we, we've... He's diverged wildly. Yeah, so the, the other, the other thing with the with the Australian squad was they picked Jordan Pattaya and Jordan Ulisi, both to them, and basically Jordan Ulisi hasn't played proper rugby in about yeah, but yeah, but look, they've he, also picked in, in fantasy Pocock, rugby so. one year. He, no, no, but Pocock at least they know he's got pedigree. Yeah. Pattaya and Ulisi, they they don't know. No, well, like I these mean, guys have been injured for like. Three or four months. Well, Lucy's been injured for like two years, and they're yeah, just like, Ulysses "No, yeah, go like, play the World I Cup, mate. Ulysses, Good luck." Lucy's played less than ten game, ten Super Rugby games over two seasons. Yeah, I don't I'm know. Sure, it's I'm not. Sure Adam it's will not call clever. Me out but anyway, as his biggest fan. But yeah, yeah we, we must. I think he's played less than ten, to be honest. Um, we we must move on though. Yeah, let's move on and go on to the immediate next topic, which is that. World Rugby has announced an immediate law change due to shenanigans pulled at Wales versus England last weekend. So, I can't remember what minute. Let me find what minute it was. 32 minutes. Um, there was a carding of one player and another player had to go for an HIA. And Wales took a quick tap before waiting for the HIA player to come back on. So there was a 15-13 man overlap and yeah, England, England protested as they always do and yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't England that pulled this move against Wales to be fair. Like, yeah, England, like, England definitely would have done most, that if they had the opportunity. The to most if they had just thought of it, they would have tried it. Like, it's the most English thing I've ever heard of. That's, that, and I was, that's why I've got the article open in front of me, just to make sure I'm complaining about the right team here. But yeah, so apparently it's not yeah. in the rule book. It wasn't in the rule books up until, what was, when did this article come out? The 22nd, so fuck, Tuesday, Wednesday, that you had to wait for injured players replacement to come back on because he was ready as well apparently he was on the side no, no, of the no, field. No, 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 not, a, not an injured player not an injured player specifically uh, i think it was blood not hia but it's specifically no, blood or hia which are two things actually the the ref initiates that yeah with it with an injury like a, the player initiates an injury if you know no, what i mean it was an hia so so the yeah, no, but the, the the problem is with an injury, yeah. the player chooses to go down. So then they feel like, do you know what? If you yeah, if yeah. you down injured, they can still take a quick tap because you know then it becomes subjective. So then, so players yeah, can but, just go yeah, down but, to to slow the ball down. No, but this is the thing. He was he was. But then, off a, the, a, no, but so, so, then this the guy was off the field. He was halfway down the tunnel when they took the quick tap. Yo, no, 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 but but that, but that's why. But I mean, this is this is ref initiate. No, when the, med- when the medical staffs on the field for an injury, you can't take a quick tap. No, I think you can. Can you? Yeah. 
Well, you could think about it, then you could prevent teams from taking quick taps all the time. Yeah, but they do that. Remember when we were bitching about, um, fuck, what game was it? It was the international where the water boys and all that came onto the field constantly stopping the game, essentially. Last year we were bitching Uh, about it. It was England. I think it was was England. Was it England? Wales? Yeah. Was it England? No, it was England, New Zealand last year. Yeah. Where England just England's okay. support staff constantly came onto the field and stopped the game essentially every time five minutes. Classic. Yeah, oh, no, no, it, it it's something that irritates me a lot because I think teams do it on. If you look, um, I'm sure uh, Gavin can weigh in here, but I notice it in the Pro 14 when the cheaters are playing. Obviously, the the cheaters' game plan is they they play very quick rugby. So right. all the teams, as soon as there's any little reason to stop the game, they try uh, like prolong the stoppage. Yeah. Like guys will go down with bad, like you know, or prop, you know, the classic prop falling over, clutching his ankle, and <laughs> um, like they take really long time to take their kicks. The, the support staff are always coming on stuff like that. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if you agree with me on this. Kevin. I think I think that's yeah. but more. It's, it's, um... I think that's more uh, something of just a Northern Hemisphere versus Southern Hemisphere rugby thing, whereby in the Southern Hemisphere, they play a faster brand. I don't think anyone would deny that. For example, Southern Hemisphere game, it's kind of slower and probably as a result of the skill level, the individual skill levels being overall higher in the Southern Hemisphere, the players probably being a little bit less heavy in the Southern Hemisphere. It's sort of those one of the chicken or the egg scenarios is the game faster because the players are more conditioned and faster and lighter or is it because the players are more more conditioned and faster and lighter that they play this faster brand of rugby but i think that would be more um the case overall i suppose the french are the uh the french are the classic example of getting these just monsters on the field as many as they can particularly at their club game the likes of toulon and then I mean, they tried to bring oh, in... God, uh, I, I really think they did 156 kg prop or something. Yeah, Tommy Funa weighs about that weight now, I think. But he probably... Oh, he weighs like, he weighs like what? Dude, he, he... Oh, God, he's got, he's got beautiful hands, Tommy Funa. Yeah. yeah, well, the French and the English, as we know, and the Welsh. Um, I mean, Warren Gatland has always basically... He just tried to pick the biggest team he could find. And they're, 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 that's not to say they're unskilled, but I think in general, I'd say if you looked at the starting packs of the top 10 teams in the world, the Southern Hemisphere teams probably have lighter packs with maybe the exception of South Africa. But I would say this, the individual skill level in terms of being able to handle the ball in space, take a pass and move it out the line is probably higher in the Southern Hemisphere. And because of that, when you have a Northern Hemisphere team, playing a Southern Hemisphere team like the Cheetahs, obviously the Northern Hemisphere teams are going to play to their advantages and try and slow down the game, use their heavier pack to sort of just wear down the opposition. So yes, I do agree with what you're saying, but I don't think it's isolated to just the Cheetahs. I think it's more of, mm. certainly at club level, maybe to yeah, a lesser yeah, it's extent more of at international game. level. Yeah, anyway, my, my concern is that this new rule it's a small window for manipulation, but I do think it's the kind of thing which can be manipulated. I don't know if you... You think so? Yeah, it's good. 
Oh, maybe not so much because it's ref initiated. So yeah, the ref's gonna say time. Yeah, but I don't know. Like generally, but blood, especially blood, has always been like a something that teams can kind of, um, you know, you can use it to to kind of have rolling subs in a way if yeah, you if you get lucky, you know, a bit oh, dodgy about it. And now HIA is even worse. Yeah, because HIA is even worse because there's no, there's absolutely no evidence in an HIA thing. You know, you just yep. say, oh, he took a knock or whatever. Like, yeah. So it does. I don't know, but obviously, I think it's one of these things, kind of where you'd rather have people manipulating the system than people playing concussed in a way, if you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Sure. And I think, yeah, speaking of manipulating the systems and rule changes. Let's look at uh, this week. What's this gentleman's name? French lock Paul Gabrielagus. Gabrielagus? Yeah, I don't know. Close enough. Got handed a 10 week, six game, all six game suspension for essentially a dangerous cleaning out in the ruck. Which, uh, yeah, I've, I mean, I've got a gift of it now. I don't see. It being much worse than Barrett's one from week last weekend or the weekend before. I can't remember when it was. Except that this gentleman does make contact with the head of the other player. Which I think Barrett didn't. Oh, no, Barrett did. He took off fucking Hooper's face. Never mind. Yeah. yeah sure. but, um, Hooper, like Barrett's technically, technically was a tackle. Yeah. This guy was a, was a clean out. But, but I don't think I, the, the, the phrasings. What excessive contact with the head or whatever, yeah, like foul play contrary to rule nine twenty or whatever. But yeah, essentially they're saying it rules him out for selection for the French squad because essentially he's going to be out too long. That it's pointless carrying him until he comes back. Yeah, it's a minimum ten week suspension. Having noted, da, da, da. yeah. So, but available for the twelfth of October fixture in England should he be required. He could be one of those standby yeah, okay. players well, we were talking so, about. Yeah, so he's also going to be joining me in the yeah, maybe, maybe. in Korea. Now, he will be on holidays in South Korea. Yeah, he you will can be sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, maybe he, 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 he'll, he'll be in Disney Asia or whatever it is. Do Japan have a Disney World? They must they have a do. Disney Tokyo World. Tokyo has a Disney World. They have everything, I'm sure. A, I think it has like a Disney water park as well, if I remember correctly. And Osaka, oh, has, oh. And Osaka nice. has a universal, uh, universal world or whatever, universal holds there. So you can go to Japanese uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah. So there's that gentleman. And then let's see. More World Cup news is that with this week it was announced there's going to be double the World Cup, double the fun. Because rugby or world rugby, rugby, yeah, world rugby decided, in an effort to promote gender neutrality, they are now going to no longer refer have a women's world cup and a world cup. They are only going to have world cups every two years. One will be for women, the other one will be for men. And yeah, so I've seen everyone saying everyone's just going to start referring to them to the women's world cup and the men's world cup, and everyone. And I've heard a lot of gentlemen now saying, like, why didn't they call it the Men's World Cup and that? But do you know, like, and I say that's the most practical response, but old boys would have such a fucking knee-jerk reaction to all of a sudden having to have to be referred to the Men's Rugby World Cup. 
Like, do you know how the old pe- the old crowd will just get so upset at uh, attacking on men's to the World Cup? That's nothing could st- that response that will that World Rugby try to avoid by making this imp- impractical decision essentially. I, I, I'm sorry. The, the, this to me is one of the biggest fucking bo- box ticks at equality I think I've ever seen. Be like. Oh, uh, listen, we spend about, you know, one twentieth of the money on the women's game. We give it one fiftieth of the advertising. We give, you know, one hundredth of a shit about the game. Um, but, oh, no, I know, I know. Let's just remove women from the Women's World Cup. And, oh, there we go. We have, we have solved. We have solved inequality. We yeah, have fixed all of the – it's like, fuck off. Come on. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like the of... minimum possible effort they could put in. Yeah, the... I can't think of anyone who oh, so sorry, is yeah. going to do anything other than refer to it as the World Cup and the Women's World Cup. As, uh, I think absolutely. that's how, whether that should be the case or not is a different argument, but I think that's exactly what's going to happen. In other words, nothing will change yeah, to so the average rugby what, fan. What I've seen that one journalist said is he's likely going to have, he's pointed out the example that's going to happen is, Whereas in the past, he's capitalized the women because that was the name of the, the tournament, the Women's Rugby World Cup. Now it'll just be lowercase women's and then Rugby World Cup in uppercase. Because that's now the syntax. But yeah, it's on the heels of apparently a lot of clubs, especially up in the Northern Hemisphere, where there are female teams and women's teams. They now have, instead of the whatever team and a women's team they just have they have they've been they've named they've attacked on which is why i was saying like tacked on men's to their men's team instead of having let's just for sake of whatever saracens so that you've got the saracens men's team and the saracens women's team instead of just the saracens i don't know if that's the case with saracens i've just picked the first fucking northern hemisphere that sprang to mind I, I, I think I know I know the Australian ones like um, their their club teams at least the women's team has a different name. Yeah, like I th- maybe like, like I think it's the the Brumbies and then the the women's team are called the the Phillies or something yeah, like that. So the actually they different. A, yeah, but the Brumbies are like a type of horse, so you can give them like the, the the female version of that horse's name. Oh yeah, I, I guess uh, I I don't know. Do, do, like do, a... do, do you want to hear my? Do, do you want to hear my big idea on this? Please. Do you please. want Ben's big idea? Please. Go on. That Copyright. that they should actually have the World Cups at the same Thank time you. at yeah. the same venue. Yeah. So what, what they should do yeah. is just say all, all the teams come and then whatever the the women the women's game. So basically say whatever South Africa are playing New Zealand. Find the South African, New Zealand women's play first. They the curtain raiser, or, or or the other way around. Or the men can curtain raise for the women. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah, and then the then that during your game. Yeah, but no, but, but but whatever. And then at least you you giving women's rugby a, a spotlight. spotlight. Yeah, no. Agree. Instead your of you, you know yeah. you give them their own World Cup, they end up playing on fucking like school fields and university fields and stuff. And it's not even. Yeah, most people don't even know it's on. And then this way, yeah, it also it also sort of shares, share, you know, because I can't, I'm sure it's like an economies of scale kind of thing where, yeah. you know, probably hosting whatever the World Cup is, 20 teams, is probably not that much more expensive than hosting 40 teams, if you know what I mean. You yeah. know, the stadium's no. already there. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and yeah, it's not going to bring in that many more fans. And the admin staff's already there. 
if all this all the logistics all the infrastructure all the logistical the admin guys are all there all you're doing is tacking on they have to pay attention for the referees are all there you know they have to pay attention i think like it's a good idea if, if it brings more exposure to the women's game i'm all in favor of it so we're going to start because i know i know they do it, it they... go on they do it. They do it for the Six Nations as well. Like the women and the men, they sort of follow each other around. Huh? So you have the women's Six Nations and the under-20 Six Nations, and it all happens simultaneously, pretty much. It's a no-brainer. I haven't thought of uh, any weaknesses so far anyway. Yeah. Except that if you've got a shit pitch and you play a game on the pitch before and then fucks up the pitch, but that's down to... Well, you, did, you, you probably wouldn't have the, the women's games in, you know, Twickenham because, first of all, for the reason, as you say, there wouldn't... Uh, the pitchers may not be able to stand it, but are, 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 would you be talking about having, say, for example, a women's game before yeah, a men's so game? Because that could work. Well, yeah. well, 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 what I would say is you just you basically mirror the fixtures. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. you can mirror the, the pool fixtures, then, it's, then it becomes a bit more of a... Or, or, or whatever, or you don't I mean, mirror the fixtures, but you I just think... have in the, in the, same, in the same, same stadiums, same venue, you have the women's game. So Actually, say, I yeah, know, oh, the men yeah. play on the Wednesday, the women's can play on the Thursday. Like. Ben, no, if I could have the women play the curtain raiser, I just realized. In Curry Cup, we do that already. The under-20s play before, as the yeah. for the for the men's games. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 or I, even also after, think I, well... So, I mean, well, what I well no, no, but then the thing is, if if you want the equality box tick, then you say, okay, sometimes the men are the curtain raisers for the women, and sometimes the women are the yeah. curtain raisers for the men. Yeah, and the, and yeah, that, 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 that would be fair. That, yeah, yeah which, which to, to, to me, that still feels like a box tick, because obviously men's rugby does have a lot higher profile, yeah. but maybe this would sure. at least at least pretend they're on an equal footing instead of world rugby, which, you know, they remove fucking five letters and they think they've solved the problem. A better option would have been to add three. But anyway, speaking of adding three letters, uh, Apira Diantis requested that they test his B sample after his A sample from a July the 2nd urine test sample came back positive for a banned substance how's that for a segue ben yeah this is this good segue matt uh, but this is i don't know like i'm yeah. i'm really disappointed by this my my general view on life is innocent or proven guilty but with drug oh, tests i think they so they so thorough and stuff generally if you they're generally they aren't mistakes if you've yeah. been caught it's because you're cheating. Yeah, I'm hoping... Uh, he'll, he'll trot out the tainted supplement line, presumably, I'm if hoping, he is found, I'm like everybody does. Well, I, 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 ate, I ate cows that... I ate what beef was, that had been subjected to hormone what was, treatment. Um, what's his face? Uh, fuck. Speaking of eighth men going to the front row, uh, big hair in... England, fuck, what's his name? Oh, Ash- Ashley Cheval. Johnson. No, not Cheval. Oh, yeah, Stefan Armitage. Ashley Johnson. No, there's... Ashley Johnson. There's was... another player. No, Ashley well, Johnson. is it not? Oh, sorry, I'm got I'm mixed up with Bastero, who's moving from centre to back row. Sorry, yeah, no, carry on. Ashley Johnson was got copped for a banned substance, and it turned out he took his wife's weight loss pills instead of his for four weeks. 
Yeah, but that that sounds fucking weird. I mean, so yeah, I don't know. They, 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 they gave they, him a reduced sentence they, they for is, being stupid. There, there is one. There is sort of a thing because this kind of a positive test seemed to coincide with Deontay's injury. Yeah, so it is, it is potentially that he was given something to assist his recovery that contained the banned okay. substance. I, I don't know what the banned substance was. Because a lot of the time, yeah, well, what these banned substances are is they, they aren't actually the performance-enhancing drug themselves. It's They're just the, the masking, masking agent. agent or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so they, they basically, what, what, if you are taking performance-enhancing drugs, the masking agent will hide it in your system. Yeah. So I don't actually, I didn't read from the article yeah, no, what, the article what he say, actually did. I don't think the article said yet. The article I read didn't say yeah, what he was alleged to have been. He just said, yeah, he just made a statement saying taking. that. He tests, he's, he's tests from the 15th of June, two weeks before this, was clean. So he doesn't understand why two weeks later now he's all of a sudden positive. So obviously... Well, that, leads... that is not a defense. No, he no, could no, have no, been no, taking... No. no, but that's the thing. Two weeks is enough listen, time listen, to take I... a performance-enhancing drug. No, yeah. no, but I'm just saying... No, that, like, listen, that, listen, that, listen that, I, I hadn't murdered like, yeah. anyone the whole of May. So there's no way yeah. I'll murder someone in June. Come on, guys, come on. Like, yeah, but, um, that, that sounds a bit harsh, yeah. Ben. That's a, that sounds a little bit harsh. Ah, oh, it's drunk Adam. Oh, dude, it's good, good of you to come in, Adam. No, sorry, I just I just got home. Hello, Gav. How are you? Hello, Adam. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. Thank you for, for uh, helping these oaks out. Uh, because be I, can't, I can't be trusted, in a nutshell. You, you, you really can't. What, what are you doing, Adam? What, what's going on with I'll, your life? What game no, was I'll, it? I was I was at a LAN for for Dota two, the World Championships. I just it went on a bit longer than expected, so that's why I'm late. So just wait. The, the the international the world championships, they're on now on T V. Well they've just they've finished about an hour and a half. On T V venue streaming okay. through Steam. Okay, well you're yeah, on 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 they streamed. Maybe they're on T V. There's is that new esports channel. So so yeah. so you you watch Dota and you also play Dota at the same time? Uh, no, we usually did either or, but the last game we watched because the winning team, OG, just crushed in the final. They lost the first one, then absolutely obliterated uh, Liquid next week. Anyway, I think I, I, uh, I yeah, think with the anti, he, does, he doesn't care too much for Dota too. Poor guy. So well, no. well, maybe, maybe, maybe after he gets kicked out of rugby, yeah. maybe we'll have he to might have some time now to play us, start so. playing. <laughs> yeah, jeez, guys. So, anyway, I think, please I think the most important, the most important, like, sad point to mention in the News Twenty Four article is that they they wrap up this with saying then it's more than likely true or more than likely possible he's not going to be included in Rassi's thirty-one man squad announcement, which is being done tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Oh, no, sorry. Monday, 3 o'clock. So on the day most of you are listening to this, tomorrow for us when we're recording. And that also happens to be Deontay's 25th birthday. And am I right in saying that he was nailed on, more or less, for one of the wing jerseys? Oh, no. Because he was available. Because he had a barnstorming year last year. Yeah, the problem is he's sort of been injury prone and not had, and the few games he has had for Super Rugby has not been the best. And I don't think he's seen a Bok jersey this year yet. Okay. No, well, they've only been a few games. playing on one wing, I know that. Yeah, so. Yeah, Mpimpi and then in Corsi, Colby. um, Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe Dylan Lates is going to be you yeah, know fishing around Lates Tokyo a bit. He's also a versatile player, isn't he? Which is yeah. the type you want yeah. at a World Cup. Whilst um, Dianti's only a winger, is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Dianti's essentially Dianti's a specialist eleven, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, but he's, he's, play I think yeah, at school he was also a, oh yeah, he was also a yeah yeah he plays a bit of, he plays a bit of centre, but I'm not yeah. gonna I really don't want to see his he's too small yeah. from the way we play. Well, he's know. huge. He's huge for his height, but I don't think he's big enough to play centre. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, but Eddie, from a more kind of social perspective, Dianti Dianti was a massive inspiration to a whole lot of, um, especially black up and coming rugby players. Yeah. And the, sure. this is a, this is a huge this is a huge you know like, obviously I express my views on this, but I'm kind I'm kind of hoping that it was just you know kind of a big misunderstanding or whatever because it is the kind of thing which which really which really hurts you if if suddenly your you your heroes brought back down to earth big time right? how often does it happen that a person's a sample test positive and they're then cleared of any wrongdoing on the b sample i'm struggling to remember uh, instances no do you know what so that, that's my thing well. the, 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 the tests are so thorough yeah that they wouldn't, because as soon as shit like that starts going on, it brings the whole process into disrepute. Yeah, so once yeah. one person gets, yeah, so. Do, 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 do not be hectic if his V-samples test negative, and then they're like, oh shit, we must have mixed it up with someone else's sample, and then there's just massive yeah, speculation, okay. like, who's it going to be? Who's looking jacked this year? Yeah, then all of a sudden, yeah. Colby's got like three inches of height on him, so he's like double in, double his <laughs> height. <laughs> okay, no. uh, I think yeah, that covers the news. So should we look at the internationals? That's the the only two games that played this weekend. There is also a Curry Cup if anyone's interested. Yeah, I, I watched all the Curry Cup. I was so you diligent, want... but I don't think we, we're going to talk about it. Do you want to just mention the results then quickly? I watched all the highlights. Actually, the uh, I, don't, I don't remember the exact results, but the Lions beat the Griquas in the like eighty. First minute penalty or something yeah, by Sean Reynolds. Was, was it, that game in, was fun. That was, so that was that was I think an eight yeah. game barnstorm, uh, eight try barnstorm in that one. Yeah, it was a was a heat game. Tyrone Green was filthy. The Grick was I think they scored three of their tries from their own twenty two or something. Yeah, but well, like... the one the one with the prop carry, the one with the prop carry, like a prop breakout. Don't forget. Yeah, Grick was there. Uh, was. It was <laughs> the best type of try. The best kind of try. And then, yeah, uh, like yeah. and then offload. Oh. Province, province pretty much were completely in control of the Cheetahs game. I think they were 33-13 up or something. 33-14, yeah, I think. Yeah, they let four, tra- yeah, four unanswered tries go by in the second. Yeah, then they, just, then they just did fuck all and it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty so, devastating. Yeah. So it was Scarra into Benny's fault for knocking the ball out the boy boy the, the ball out the ball boy's hand. Is that, is is that what you know? What my favorite is my favorite, you know my favorite trip about it is when rugby said, "Guys, it's okay. The kid was from Gray, so it's not so bad." My he did apologize. My theory on this is, as I predicted, Scarra dis- uh, discovered that Joseph Dwebe is significantly better than him. And then he was just raging about that. Because yeah. Joseph Dwebe is, is the future of South African. No, I've decided. Dwebe was heated. I don't even, 
He's heat every game. He's a good player. I'm no, telling no, you. I never, I never really seen one. As someone who watches the big cap, I'm gonna put it out there. As someone who watches um, the occasional Pro 14, uh, and I barely watch the cheaters. I only watch the Kings play Pro 14. It's, yeah, I barely catch Dweber. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then uh, in this game, but the Bulls were holding the Sharks. Then the Bulls got a red card for I don't know to be honest I thought it was more of a yellow card offense and then um, the Sharks just opened the floodgates on them completely and I went to bed I'm not sure maybe the Bulls had a great comeback I haven't checked I think think the Sharks did take that one yeah Morning Livok looked good in that game and they were also no he's good but but I I think he's got potential but Mm -hmm. I, I don't know to me like he's a he's a Above average super rugby player at the moment, Money Lebok. Above average and that super makes rugby him... player. Curry Cup player. No, no, I think he's a good Curry Cup player. I think he's one of the best Curry Cup players out there at the moment. Yeah, but do you think he's that good but, at super uh, rugby? Oh, maybe, maybe above average is a bit strong. Maybe he's like an a... average super rugby player, which makes him a good Curry Cup player. Let's say that. Well, yeah. Would you draft him, Ben, as your number one fly half and draft rugby? That's where... The rabbit meets the road. Well, look at yeah, Jordan Ulisi. Wouldn't you like to know, Adam? Adam, we, we mocked Jordan Ulisi for a bit while you weren't here. Yeah, Do you want to defend him? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Gavin, I don't know if you know this, but Adam drafted Jordan Ulisi last season as not only his first pick, but the number one first pick overall in our draft league. Oh, dear. Just, just this is the guy who was yeah. injured. Yes. Yes. Oh, no, the guy who's just fucking useless, and Adam loves him. Adam, <laughs> wait till he um, scores a World Cup winning try, then then you'll know I was right. Yeah, off the bench because that's the only way he's going to see field time. <laughs> um, yeah. Gavin, yeah, yeah, yeah. just 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 a just a, like a thought experiment. Obviously, you you don't uh, you don't have our level of kind of knowledge of um of Super Rugby or whatever. No. But if you okay, have you have you genuinely heard of Jordan Ulysses? The name rings a bell, but uh, when I first, when he was first mentioned on this podcast, I thought he was a hooker. So I guess I don't know him no, that he, well. I must be confusing him with someone else. Oh, he, he is. is. Was he playing under twenties for Australia in the last couple of years? Uh, I think sort three of three rampaging years. down the wing style hooker. I think so. I think... Mm, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I saw him on one of those under twenty highlight videos. Okay, um, so 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 who, who would you would it. you say would you say you know would you say he's a, just just off the top of your head, is he a better player or okay. is Israel Falau a better player? Israel Falau, at this moment in time, is a more okay, dominant okay, player. Okay, I would say. In, in 2017, who was a better player, Jordan Ulisi or Israel Falau? Was okay, undoubtedly okay. a better player. Okay, okay. Uh, Jordan Ulisi or uh, or Rico oh. Ioni, who was a better player? Uh, Definitely uh, Rico Ioni. Uh, okay, uh, uh, Jordan Ulisi was a better player. Yeah, this is this is known ground. We don't even go over this game. Adam, why does it sound like you're recording from a submarine all of a sudden? Uh, sorry, Adam, I'm on my phone. Oh. So, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, no okay, sorry. Uh, I got I got distracted with mocking Adam. No, it's fine. I was appreciating it. 
I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> speaking of mocking Adam, um, the team that plays uh, mostly in dark blue beat the team that plays quite often in light blue. And yeah, yeah the game was boring as fuck. It was Scotland versus... No, yeah, but it's, 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 it's good on Scotland because they, they lost by 50 points last week and now they've turned that round. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, but they turned I it around. that game. France, France were 17-10 up about midway through the first half and then didn't score again for the rest of the game. It was classic France. Yeah, but, that, yeah, but that's, um, that's so classic. It's classic France and apparently yeah. also classic Western province right now. No. Um, but yeah, should we move on to... Yeah, let's move on to Gavin. I think this is going to be the show. Oh, God. We're right. just going to mention, mention that England beats Ireland. And yeah, <laughs> out of nowhere, just... No, no, no. We need to talk about Ireland. this because this, this is a significant yeah. shake-up in sort of what we I understood need to vent, about Northern guys, I need to vent. This is going to be cathartic for me. Okay, go for it. <laughs> but, um, go for it. So, yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> my, my, my position has been over the last year that Ireland wished the World Cup had been last year. The World Cup is coming a year too late for Ireland. Last year, we won the Six Nations. We beat New Zealand. We were on top of the world. And this year some of our key players have just not found their form all year since January. So guys like Connor Murray, CJ Stander, Peter O'Mahony, they have not been playing anywhere near the level that they did last year. And it really shows. Um, it showed in the Six Nations and it was ruthlessly exposed yesterday. Yesterday was a combination of England looking very good and simultaneously Ireland looking very bad. I don't think it was the case that England made Ireland look really bad. I think Ireland were objectively really bad compared to how we know they have played in the last two years. And England were very good, worryingly no, good. England, England were, were brutal, hey? Like it was sure it was like it was like watching a watching some like MMA fighters beat up a hobo or something yeah, it was like a, a professional team against an under 20s team this is this is part of a broader a broader point that Ireland had success in say between 2016 and 2018 despite not having the biggest strongest team Ireland played a sort of power game where our scrum was solid our line out was excellent we played the kicking game and this is slightly I think just before that Ireland had played an aerial focus game and they sort of overlapped say in 2016 and 2017 back when we had really dominant aerial wingers like Andrew Trimble and Tommy Bow um, we excelled in that area Simon Zebo as well we managed to play the power game for two or three years and it was effective but now I think that Ireland's power game has been completely found out and teams know how to how to stop it, and we don't have the X Factor players in the back line at the moment to play a different sort of game. And for in my uneducated view, probably the best the best route. And I know you, it's too late now for the World Cup. You can't go changing your game plan six weeks from a World Cup. But an aerial game would be Ireland's probably strongest strongest strategy to use sort of kicking high and using the wingers but i don't know if we have the wingers anymore to do that so we're really snookered but the point is ireland's power game has been completely nullified now we used to be able to get 
good go forward ball with guys like Sean O'Brien, CJ Stander. Mm. Sean O'Brien is retired from international rugby now. He, the last two or three years, he didn't really look the way he was five or six years ago. CJ Stander this year has completely lost his carrying ability. I do not know what has happened. Um, we just can't get go forward ball anymore. And I was at the I was at the Heineken Cup final this year, and it was the same with Leinster. Leinster were just getting unable to get go forward ball. Um, they were getting hit behind the line all the time by Saracens and couldn't get any of our ball carriers moving forward. So now we're sort of left in a position whereby do we want to double down on what were traditionally our strengths, like the line out, or is Joe Smith going to say we need to get some more muscle into our pack, even if it means impacting our traditional games? So, for example... The, the, the James, line out was a, sorry, was a shit show yesterday, though. Eh? A disaster. An unbelievable, but, the worst Irish line out I've ever seen. But I, 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 I don't personally understand think Roy Best has passed it. But 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 why were they why were they throwing so much ball to the back? You who know knows, when, when your line is under threat, why are you trying to pin that back jumper instead yeah, of just fine? Just accept yes. two ball, accept the shitty ball. And, and there just, were times where England were challenging at the front and at the back. They would lift two men in the lineout. That's how confident they were that they were going to be able to attack our lineout, and it worked ruthlessly well. Um. I think Ireland right now need need to reevaluate. There's guys. Okay, so I said, for example, Peter O'Mahony was a Lions captain in a Test game in 2017 and has been completely yeah. anonymous this year for Ireland, uh, both in the Six Nations and yesterday. Uh, there's a lot of talk now that he does isn't offer anything offering anything this year. The suggestion is that we could perhaps move Ian Henderson, who is a bit of a beast. He, for an international second row, he doesn't look particularly big, but he plays a lot bigger than he is. He can be a real wrecking ball. And mm. there's a suggestion that he could go into six because we want to keep our line-out game. We have James Ryan, who is our best young player and one of the best young players in the world, in my opinion. He did not play yesterday. But if we, if we decide we're going to stick to having a powerful line-out, we need James Ryan in the second row, together with Devin Toner, the old line-out maestro, and then to get some mm. more beef into the pack, we would have to play Ian Henderson at six. There's talk about as, as Henderson as Henderson played blindside before them. He he has not. I can't remember the last time he's played for Ireland. There, he probably has on a handful of occasions for Ireland, but he has played there for Ulster as well. He can definitely play Cause, there because we we because we talked about it because obviously Peter Stiff the toy now is well, especially if you ask Alex, he was probably the best. Tweener. Yo, no, but 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 he was, but he now I would say he's probably one of the best sixes in the world, well, best blindsides in the world because you guys obviously do it the other way around. But sure. it took him, a, it took him a long time to kind of get there. Like it wasn't a, just mm. a, an overnight sort of, you know, yeah. like click, bang. But if you're saying if he has played it, it was, at, he, um, he has definitely played there before. Definitely for Ulster, I would put money down he has played there on a handful of occasions for Ireland and that would also give us the line out option that we lose with Peter O'Mahony because he was very good in the line out up until this year Peter O'Mahony and the other option then would be to bring in Reese Ruddock who is very physical but doesn't offer um, a line out option but we definitely need more beef in the pack because we were completely blown away by England yesterday yeah. No. Uh, also, your, what's even, up with your line, your line speed? 
Ireland's line speed in the back line used to be ridiculous. Now, like, yeah. they just seem to not... I don't know. Like, I don't know either. And we were very narrow yesterday in our defensive line. And you saw it. It was yeah. so evident from the first two or three tries. I, I'm not quite sure whether it was the first two or the second and third. They just got it out to Cockney Sega, and he basically just had to run around the defense. Or but whoever it was. Cockney Sega was one. Daly got Daly got one. Um, did May did Johnny May actually get one? I'm trying to think. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I hope uh, not. Yeah. I really dislike him, and I, I would have noted if he got a try. <laughs> I, I <got> a <laughs> um, like like Leinster. Um, sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Munster. Um, their styles right. of rugby are they quite are they quite similar to Ireland's? What Joe Schmidt does. Traditionally, Munster were always sort of a 10-man rugby team. That's going back kind of 10 or 15 years. I'd say it's less yeah. the case now, and Leinster were more sort of a backs-orientated team, and yeah. then they never really had success, and it was only when they sort of rounded out their team and had got strong forwards as well that they started having real success, winning Heineken Cups and what have you. But I wouldn't say... I, I, to be honest... I couldn't say for sure in terms of style whether, I mean, an expert could probably break it down a lot more than I could. But I would say they're broadly similar. But maybe Ireland in the last couple of years uh, leaned slightly more towards a power game than Leinster would have. And it was effective, as I say, but that's when we actually had ball carriers who were able to get over the gain line. And that has just completely mm-hmm. deserted us this year. And I, I uh, for one, do not know why. Yeah, the, the reason why a loss of form. Is, yeah, a loss of form, accumulated physicality. I mean, Ben and Mac, maybe, uh, I don't know what your thoughts would be on this, because I know when we played Ireland, uh, when Alistair Kutsia was still coach. They were a very physical team. We were incredibly lucky to even win that series. Ireland were the better side. Um, so I'm just kind of wondering if it's almost the accumulation of but, that but physicality. That the series, is that the uh, series uh, when uh, CJ Stander got sent off? Yeah, and the uh, um, Pat Yeah, Pat yeah. Pat so that's about three years ago. <laughs> was it two or three years ago? Yeah, so yeah. Ireland were at the peak. We were very lucky. Well, they were okay. sort of yeah. before they peaked. I would say Ireland peaked last year. Last year, Six Nations. Was no question. Uh, no question. Uh, yeah. Um, Leinster won the Rugby uh, Cup and Ireland won the Six Nations and uh, beat New Zealand. You know. In the so I think yeah, and, I think we, yeah. we we snuck we snuck that series just before Ireland peaked in a way. Yeah. Yeah, but oh, I, I, I've, I've never really thought of Ireland as physical the same way you think of England or South Africa or even no, France as oh, physical. You know, no, it's like well, we're just we going to say we, they were niggly, and you you were you used the phrase earlier when you said he was. Um, he he play he plays big in a way if you know what I mean. Yeah, you, you, Anderson yeah. does plays bigger than he but is. But no, but but I I felt a lot of the team kind of did that. We you saw these guys like say say someone like Rory Best would yeah. run into a guy. You know, Rory Best is and he smashed he smashed side. Brody Retallick last year. Do you remember that against New Zealand? Yeah, yeah, things, things like Retallick. that. Things like mm-hmm. that where. You know, like the the sort of the maths don't really check out, but Ireland were winning sure, those collisions. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe you know, it's like, a passion oh, thing. Maybe who knows why it would be, but maybe it's the case that they weren't up for it yesterday, which is a disgrace if true, because an Irish team, whether it's a friendly or not, should always be up for an England game. Yeah, well, yeah. No, like England were up for it, and they do not. I was, I was a bit disappointed well, in the crowd. I, was, I thought they would fall took them actually. 
as well. Yeah, I suppose in in August a lot of people go on holidays, and considering that rugby is followed more by the middle class, uh, yo, I'd yo, say a lot, of, yo, I guess a lot of people who would normally be at games are on holidays. Yeah, so that's one yo, factor. Um, but yeah, I just it was really, really, really worse than disappointing. It was scary yesterday's game. England were really good, and Ireland were just completely lacking in everything basically they've ju- we know Johnny Sexton is our best player and our most important player and yeah, but I, I, if Sexton I read, had been I read playing we still would have lost the game definitely but apparently he's picked up another injury now I didn't hear that and I'm concerned I, I just got it. A, I got it apparently he's not going to play Wales next week he hurt his leg in training or something well I'd say that is more um Certainly a factor in that is that Joey Carberry was penciled in as the backup 10 and he got injured last week. So they're trying to expose, they're, they're trying to figure out who the third out half is, uh, whether it's Jack Carty or Ross Byrne who started yesterday and they need to give them game time urgently well, Ross, before we get Ross to the World Cup. Weirdly for that, I thought he looked all right. All right's he not going to win you the World Cup, granted. But no, you are, but he's was, decent was... and he's a good goal kicker too. Yeah. He's a consistent goal kicker, but um, and he's good. Uh, he's very good at cross field kicks as well. He can land a cross field kick on a sixpence, but against a beaten pack like that, it's difficult to judge whether whether he's up to the standard yeah, yeah, already. I, I, I thought he was one of the. I'm not going to say he had a good game, but he definitely didn't embarrass himself yesterday. Where there no. was there was scope for people to embarrass themselves, and I feel a lot of no. people did like. Oh, no. I, if, if you're interested, I, I, I actually just typed out a few notes earlier on the whole Irish squad, position by position, more or less. And I can give you broad strokes as to how I feel we're set at each position, but it might be too well, much should, 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 should we mosey into your Irish... I feel like we've been on it for the last five minutes. Yeah, but but yeah. now we can officially get on it. Do yeah. do 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 you just want the do you want the the brief stats on Ireland? Sure. Okay, Ireland. Um, they are fourth in the world. Well, as of Monday, they were th- third when I wrote this. Their World Cup record: they've played 35, they've won 21, and they've lost 14. Their best performance is a whole lot of quarterfinals. They made the quarterfinals in 87, 91, 95, 03, 2011, and 2015. I'm sensing a pattern. Yeah, there is a a pattern. (laughs) I think we we chatted about this. Um, Just to to fill our little little marking rubric here, Gavin, what what would you say the, the strengths of the Irish team are? Um, before yesterday, I would have said the line-out and the set-piece <laughs> generally, but by God, that was that was shown to be nonsense. Now, it, it could be an anomaly, but yeah, I, I'd say ability to control control a game via Johnny Sexton. Ireland, Ireland are very much a team. Okay, here, in short, here's my answer. Ireland are a team that are very good at taking a lead and keeping the lead but they're not good at chasing a lead because by by definition Ireland don't score that many tries and they generally don't score that many points they're good at keeping a game low scoring and Johnny Sexton will kick goals and we might get a try 
from uh, a line-out mall and maybe one other try. And that's your classic Irish winning performance over the last few years when we have won. Yeah. And then the, the, the weaknesses? Um, I think... Three I think Rewind the podcast for 10 minutes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah getting, beaten up, getting beaten up in the pack. That's what yeah, I getting, getting, getting bullied. Huh? Yeah. Key, key forward? Key forward, I would say, it's probably James Ryan. Um, he's certainly probably the most exciting prospect that has come out of Ireland in the last few years. And again, he's another one of those players who plays bigger than he is. He doesn't look like a big international second row but he always gets yardage when he gets the ball and he's just a very very clever technically proficient player and he's just an all-round really really good player so i'd say at the moment he's he's key to the team we badly missed him yesterday yeah and then the key key back i presume johnny sexton yes he's the he's the key player but key, key, key player, the, the most important man in Ireland for the next two months. <laughs> he is, he is. We need him wrapped up. Oh god! But I think outside, outside Ireland, don't have since the retirement of Luke Fitzgerald and the departure of Simon Zebo, Ireland have been lacking a little bit in X factor. And Jordan Larmer provides a little bit, but Gary Ringrose, I think Larmer isn't sure to start. Gary Ringrose at thirteen. Is um, a very key player. When he's on form, he's a really, really good player. And I, I, he's I, a well rounded player, too. I, obviously, you, you watch him at club level as well, so maybe you have a better insight. But I, I get the impression Lama tries to do too much every time he gets the ball. He's a maverick. Like he, he is. No, no, but, but I mean, you, you know, like obviously there's a. Maybe it's. How can I say? Because his game sense is good, but he just. Often you'll be like, listen, you catch the ball, there are two players coming at you, your your sort of your wings your wings in a bit of space, throw the pass to the wing, but he won't do that. Yeah. He'll he try, is a bit you'll try You're right, sorry. Yeah, he, he will, he'll he will try, try to so, spectacular. Yeah, which I don't I don't know if there's if that fits the Irish game plan really. No, it doesn't. And Ireland as you say, he, he is a bit of a Quade Cooper in that sense. Not as much as Quade Cooper. He can do the simple thing and probably does the simple thing more often than Quade Cooper. But as you say, Ireland's game plan is ve- was very, very structured traditionally. Ireland, uh, it's it's basically been admitted that Joe Schmidt tells the players not to offload. Ireland's game plan is get the ball, find contact, recycle it, play structured ball, and eventually we'll try and get over... Um, the try line or get a penalty and Johnny Sexton will kick it. So he is, but but considering that guys like, despite being good players, guys like Rob Carney and Robbie Henshaw, they're not sort of X-factor players. They're not going to be trying spectacular passes or big sidesteps. We do need a little bit of X-factor from Larmer. And then ring yeah, yeah, kind maybe, of ties that all maybe. together, sensibility and having an outside break, which he does have. Yeah, I guess so. I was I was very disappointed in Carney because obviously I don't see him that much. But you, sure. I, I used to rate him as one of the best fullbacks in the world, but now I'm just like he was know, an excellent right. defensive fullback. He seems a bit of a passenger. Excellent. Yeah, well, he was never an attacking threat, certainly not in the last five or six years. But that wasn't his job in the system. 
his job in the system was to to win the aerial battles and he has a cannon of a left boot which he can use to clear pressure but and he was solid in defense but he was never an attacking threat he he never passes the ball whenever he gets the ball he just kind of runs straight into contact and it's quite possible he's been told to do that but um yeah his game i think he must be 33 34 ish now it's natural that he's coming to the end this will be his last world cup for sure but uh, he's yeah. been a great servant to Ireland over the years, and there nobody has put their hand up for that 15 jersey. He is going to be the 15 barring injury. There's no question of it. No, I would have sure. liked to see Joey Carberry given a lot more time at 15, but he, I, I would quite like the long-term plan to be Joey Carberry as the fullback option and Ross Byrne as the future out half. But Joe Schmidt seems to want Carberry in an out half, and he knows a lot more than I do, so. That seems to be the direction yeah, we're going it, in. It, Joey Carberry Joe, moves Joe, to play out half. Joe Smith's going, isn't he? So I know, yeah, but shares, I think... Hopefully he shares his notes with someone before he leaves. I know. Well, Andrew, Andrew Farrell is replacing him, and he's in there. As, I think it's either the defence coach or the forwards coach. I can't remember which, but he's been working with Joe for the last few years. So I'd imagine, given the success that Ireland have had over the last few years, no, he, I'd imagine there's going to be an effort made to keep as much continuity as possible. And the, the grand master plan put in place by Joe Schmidt is going to be followed wherever possible until right. it needs to be changed. Cool. Um so your what what where do you where do you predict they're gonna come in the pool? I think from memory our pool contains Scotland, Japan. Oh, Scotland, Japan, Canada, and is it? Or Samoa? Samoa. Two of the weaker teams anyway. Samoa um, and oh, sorry, I've got the pools here. Give me a is second. it not Namibia? Is it that could be the no, last Namibia is in South Africa's pool? Um, Ireland, Scotland, Japan, Samoa, Russia. Okay, well, if Ireland don't win that group, first of all, they should win the group. But second of all, I believe the winner of that group is going to play either south africa or south new africa zealand or whoever new comes zealand. second place in that group and right now a lot of the commentary here has been saying we don't know who we'd rather play obviously people are more naturally worried about new zealand but we beat new zealand last year albeit at home and we beat them in 2016 so and south africa have been in great form I, I, I would people say people were saying that before the argentina game uh, a week or two ago, where some no, uh, almost don't, don't say that. Uh, yeah, that, that, that Argentina game was like <laughs> the South Africa like C team, though. Huh? Was it okay? Yeah. Well, uh, the point is, we're not sure whether there's that much of a difference in playing South Africa or New Zealand at the moment. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, we 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 really flattered by that. Yeah, I think but that, yeah, in, in a way, because I would still I would still say New Zealand's the the better team, and traditionally they have been the better team. But I would say South Africa probably plays a closer game to England, like in terms yeah. of that power game, which Ireland was severely exposed against um, yesterday. So maybe yeah, maybe in a way you would be better off playing New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, and then, um, what would what would you say the the key, the key fixture for Ireland is? Well, Scotland is the only game that there's a question mark as to whether we should win it. But the key fixture, 
I mean, we've beaten Scotland probably 80% of our games the last 10 years. So um, we would expect to beat them. And then it'll be straight into the quarterfinal, New Zealand or South Africa. So, I mean, you, you could say Scotland is the key game, but if you're not sure whether you want to play New Zealand or South Africa, it may not matter as much as we would have thought. Well, you, 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 can, you can say the quarterfinal or the semifinal or whatever can be the key game. Well, getting want. getting through a sort of quarterfinal to a semifinal would be considered so, success. So, so just just the the mental the mental break of the quarterfinal in a way. Yes. Regardless of block. who you're playing, is actually probably the most important game to kind of try. Yes. Try finally win a quarterfinal. Yes, and our attitude would be in a semifinal, anything can happen. You know. Yeah, you yeah. What one to the one green. To... Yeah, because I'm. I think the semi-final, by my permutation, would probably be against either England or trying to actually. I, I'd worked this out the other day. Yeah, it'll be either England, Australia, Wales, one of those. That side of the pool. Okay. Well, we've beaten all of those in the last few years, so we would yeah. feel we well, could be. You've beaten pretty much be everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess it depends on your form. You know, you go. You know, next week you're playing Wales. You beat them. Then um, yeah, they're looking well, very good at the moment. Yeah. Well, so say, say say next week. I don't know. Big turnaround. You beat Wales. Then yeah. you you go out and you just hammer Scotland. Then suddenly, you know, all's forgiven. We forget all exactly, about this. Exactly. Yeah. It was just an anomaly. The England game. Yeah. But um, yeah, something something's going to have to change anyway. I'd say. I would imagine that Ireland's strongest team will be fielded next week. If, as you say, Sexton's unavailable, even guys like Robbie Henshaw will probably come back in if he's available. I'm not sure on the injury status of all the players, but I think James Ryan will come back in if he's available. They really need sort of a big result, which means bring back the players who show knows no, and need... trust to give us the big performance. Um, when, and the guys who are going to start... When do Ireland play Samoa? In what order? Um, um, the first game? Or, I'm just I'm trying to think because you talk about physicality seems to be missing and a, a few key... A, a it is, in Samoa it was. Injured. Yeah. I know, yeah. You'll always lose one or two players against Samoa, won't you? If it's like your first game, um, that's maybe not the worst thing. Uh, no, that's it looks like... I've got the schedule here. So Ireland are playing Scotland in the first game. Okay, good. And right. then we're playing Japan... Followed by Russia, so it'll be the third game. Yin and Yang. And then, then Samoa, the fourth game. So ideally, we would like to be in a position, I suppose. Oh, wait, hang on. Yes, yeah, so sorry, the fourth game. We're playing Samoa last. And ideally, we'd like to be in a position whereby we don't need to play our key players against Samoa. Yeah, you can play. And you can play knowing that there's injuries that are going to happen. Yeah, because yeah, the yeah, thing is, probably I, still I, win. I, Ireland's second string should still beat Samoa, but yeah, because the thing is, the thing is, how, like how you official lamb side essentially? Exactly, exactly. No, but but how 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 you beat teams like Samoa and Fiji? It's not you don't front up to them. What you you just beat them with organisation. Exactly. You know, you just you, you mangle them in the, the scrum. Line out. Yeah, you, you beat them in the line out. You penalties. keep your defence super tight. You score some ugly yeah. tries, you know. Then yeah. once the scoreboard goes against them, they're going to start trying to do stupid drop. shit. Like, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the way it's always it's, been. Yeah. 
Okay, cool. Um, do you want to do your, I don't know, Matt, how are we for time? Do, do you want to give us your, your squad analysis since you've prepared it? And I'd be happy to... to, yeah. So I can I can do it within three minutes anyway. Um, Go for it. So yeah. starting in with the props, uh, we should be fine, barring injury. I know Kean Healy, Kean, about three or four years ago, Jack McGrath was considered to be well ahead of Kean Healy. Kean Healy had been the man before that. And since then, Kean Healy has uh, been reinvigorated and is now well ahead of Jack McGrath, who I think there's been talk of him leaving Leinster. So uh, loose head, we have depth. McGrath is still a, a good backup to have. And Tyke Furlong is one of the best in the world at the tight head. Mm. And Andrew Porter is a, a capable backup. So we're fine at prop barring any injury. Hooker, I would say we are in crisis mode there. Rory Bess, I think he's 37 now. He's been holding out for this. He's been a great servant over the years and a great captain, but I don't think he... All he offered, really, over the last couple of years was his line-out throwing, his leadership, and a decent ability to jackal uh, on the ground and do the dirty stuff, but his line-out throwing, okay, it was only one game, but yesterday it was abysmal. Um, leadership... I would have said previously that there were other people who could provide the leadership, but yes, today there wasn't much. Maybe Johnny Sexton could be the captain and uh, jackaling ability we do need. But the, the problem is that the only backup is Sean Cronin, who is brilliant with the ball in hand and around the park, but is always, has always had problems with his throwing. So I would say as we're, we're really in a bad way at the hooker position right now. In the second row, we're absolutely fine. We have James Ryan, who will start because he's a phenomenal player. Uh, and then it's sort of what we were talking about earlier. Are we going to try and beef up our pack, which would probably involve getting Ian Henderson in at six so that we can play Devin Toner in the second row because he's a brilliant line-out operator? Or will they sacrifice Toner to keep Henderson in the second row for his beef and maybe... Uh, change up the back row somehow there's also Jean Klein who I don't know if you guys are familiar with he's originally South African and only became eligible uh, in the last month or two I think for Ireland I haven't seen much of him to be honest but Joe Schmidt obviously likes him if he's if he's bringing him uh, on the squad which he most likely will then we're into the back row which has been a strong point for years but was really weak yesterday and hasn't been dominant this year as it was last year Peter O'Mahony and CJ Sander are not in good form at the moment. Uh, we could bring in Reese Ruddock just for the physicality he brings. Jack Conan is the Leinster number eight and is quite explosive. He's good with the ball in hand. He can, he can, you know, make an outside break and carries the ball in two hands. He can bosh a player or give the pass. Uh, Josh Vanderfleer is the classic seven. We quite like him. He he tackles all day long. He's just back from injury. But I think he was Ireland's leading tackler yesterday. Um, so on paper, if everyone's in good in good form, then we're perfectly fine at back row. But as two of our starters at six and eight are not playing anywhere near their potential at the moment, and there's still a little bit of time for them to rediscover form, something will probably have to be done. A radical change that would have been completely unforeseeable a year ago, like dropping Omahani or Stander, may have to happen. At scrum half, Connor Murray, we know he has the potential. He has been one of the best scrum halves in the world. He has not had a good year this year. Connor Murray had a, a neck injury last year in 2018, 
And since he's come back, he has not been the same player. Um, and we're, we're all kind of very concerned about that because we know he's, he's an, unbe- an unbelievable player when he's on form. And after him, there's good players, but there's, st- there's still a drop-off. Luke McGrath, uh, Kieran Marmion, it's not sure, it's not clear exactly yet who is the backup. Luke McGrath came on yesterday, but they're nowhere near as strong as Conor Murray is at his best. Then at out half, we have Johnny Sexton, our best and most important player. Uh, a big drop-off between him and Ross Byrne, who, as we discussed earlier, is is a decent prospect. He's only about, I'd say, he's about 24, Ross Byrne, but he hasn't played a lot because he's behind Johnny Sexton. And then Joey Carberry moves to Munster to play out half, and he's been going well. He does have a bit of X factor. He's a very useful second playmaker. He's played a, He played at fullback a couple of times for Leinster, and he was very good at coming into the line and passing to uh, to re- release a man on the outside. But he got injured last week, and he's said to be out for six weeks, and it's sort of touch and go. Will he be brought to Japan if he's not going to be ready for it all? So then we move on to the centres where we're absolutely fine. We have um, Bundy Aki and Robbie Henshaw and... Um, his name is escaping me. Sorry, uh, Farrell, Chris Farrell. They're all natural 12s and they're all quite good players, all similar type players. And then Gary Ringrose at 13. Any of the others could play 13 at a push, but they're all sort of physical uh, first centres. And then Gary Ringrose, as I discussed earlier, on form is a really, really good second centre. And then that finally leaves us with the back row, or sorry, excuse me, the back three, where Rob Carney will be the starting fullback he is he has been the starting fullback for six or seven years he's a very good defensive fullback as we discussed and then on the wings Jacob Stockdale was in dominant form in 2018 with that memorable chip his the ball out to him and a chip ahead is one of Ireland's key weapons and then on the other wing it'll be Keith Earls who's been there a long time and is a well-rounded player or Jordan Larmer if we feel we need the x-factor so there you have it I'd be happy to hear your thoughts. Was 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 very thorough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yo, I, 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 really, I really, here, I really, I really think this is gonna, this is I gonna really make have, my, I have my, to reassure my myself. Review of France look pretty shit. Um. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> well. I'm literally adding things to my Tongan one as we speak. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. I, I think as well, guys, like, if you like, don't want to, just filter it out. Edit it out. No, no, <laughs> if you're no, not bothered you think, adding more to your Gavin, review. Gavin, we do Gavin, a editing. Yeah. Edit. Editing. Yeah, edit, live. Yeah. Editing, what is that? Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it, it seems like it's, it's almost like two, two kind of like contrasting moods for you because obviously you, you, you were in a bit of a dark place because of the, the England game. <laughs> yeah. But then like your, your review, you actually, you you you've now realised actually okay there there are there are quite a few things to be positive. Well, about. on paper on paper there are th- if we could cast ourselves back to 2018, God willing we could, and the World Cup was last year, everything would be looking rosy. And on paper, if you judge players over the course of their careers and not just 2019, then we do have a good squad. But it's just the drop off in form of some players between 2018 and 2019 has been drastic and very worrying. So, yeah, yeah. we're hoping they can rediscover the form. 
Yeah, you you, you don't you don't want to you don't want to peak peak too early like England just did. So maybe this is this is good. Well, yeah, maybe the pressure won't be as much on us. I mean, there was a lot of talk about Ireland going number one in the world last year, um, and being the best team in the world was definitely mentioned in some quarters of the press here. And there was probably an argument to be made for it, having won um, the Six Nations and then beaten New Zealand and given New Zealand a real good go again in the second test. But since then, the Six Nations this year was very poor. I'm not sure whether Ireland have fallen off that much or Wales and England just got a lot better very quickly. But it's definitely probably a little bit of both. Yeah, I think maybe uh, I think maybe some teams have had better sort of tapering coming into the World Cup. Like England yeah. seems to have kind of timed their run very well, and same with exactly. Wales. Actually, Wales have Wales are God. I hate to say this, but Wales aren't the, playing the worst rugby at the moment, are they? No, well they've been together for so long. They know they know the game plan very well. Warren Ball. So many sort of just like nothing. They've got something like nothing players, Wales. Like, I don't yeah, understand. They know, they know how, how they to do their could. job. They're very well coached, obviously. Gatland, whatever you think of him, he's a very good coach. He's, he's, he's good at coach, winning. Mm. Yeah, no. I saw, I'm yeah, still convinced that Wales, they're just a couple of key injuries away from being in crisis mode. Um, well, yeah. They don't have great depth. But they're starting, no. or even their 22 is quite is quite strong, and they're very good at executing the game plan that they want to do. But if they were to lose someone like Jonathan Davies, who is really, really good and really key to them, they could be in trouble. Uh, he, Jonathan Davies is one of the like five that I've actually heard of. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, they... Uh, they probably don't deserve to be the number one team, we would say, just because they haven't played New Zealand in the last three years, I don't think. <laughs> That's the key to becoming number one. You just avoid Well, it. I mean, yeah. Um, no, I they, don't know. Like, I, I guess, I guess the, because to me at the moment, like, this is because like Japan being above Argentina, for example. To me, it's just yeah. ridiculous. Ludicrous. You know and, that if they played each other, Ireland, Argentina would win by 30 points. Yeah, but like, I'm glad the World Cup's coming now to sort of sort all this madness out. Huh? Yeah. It should so, be well, like I guess you're some not type of committee of guys who really know their stuff should pick the ranking, shouldn't they, rather than this numerical rubbish formula that produces these anomalies. <laughs> well, 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 I try break it down into that. Like, just put it on pure... Yeah, but especially now though, because like Just like Scotland and France almost showed it with with this massive, with this massive turnaround between the weeks. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think Scotland we're, like, we're missing a few what, of their key players. What does players world ranking really week. mean? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like um, France or but the thing France. is, you, you rank the team. Like, you don't really rank their best team. You rank whatever team they can put out, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we should one. Jesus, I'm sensing a loss of energy here. You know. So, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So Adam, well, I'm just yeah, a little bit uh, feeling down about where we were last year and where we are this year in terms of our. <laughs> <laughs> you have your flashback. Which I've known, which I've known since the Six Nations, but it still hasn't. Yeah, every hasn't time gone you away. bring it up, it hurts a little bit more. Yeah. 
Uh, well, yeah, to put on a on a on a public well, forum as well. Guys, then I might uh, I might call it a day. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I know. Don't my we, heart we out to you guys here. It's an emotional time. Yeah. It Dude. is. But uh, anyway, as I say, one hour and thirty-seven minutes into this, into the, what has been a thoroughly enjoyable call, I might uh, leave you guys to the rest of it, and <laughs> I'll catch up with what you said when the podcast is out. But I'd like to thank you uh, for hosting me and listening to me, uh, listening to me break down what has been uh, a turbulent twenty-four hours for Irish rugby, to say the least. Maybe we'll uh, I'm, 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 I'm very glad we. I'm very glad we had you on. Well, not not obviously for you, but you know, in terms of Irish rugby, I feel this was a very good I, time and yeah. to to have yeah. someone from Ireland on the pod because obviously it's it sort of the. The, the the talking point of the yeah. week, kind of islands meltdown, shall we call it? Yeah? I agree. Yeah. So I'll, I'll leave you to it, guys. Thanks again for having me. Oh, and uh, maybe yeah, maybe I, I I would I would happily come back again another time. Hopefully uh, next time I don't get a good result, I'll be I'll be spamming <laughs> your inbox. I would say we'll, I would say we'll, I would say we'll chat when <laughs> Ireland makes a semi final, but I don't know when we can. Oh, well, absolutely! I'll be hounding you with phone calls if that happens. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> if you haven't heard the last group. of me yet. Yeah, you've got better. Oh, are, you, are you? Are you going to the World Cup since you live in a country no, with quite I'm a not. strong currency, Kevin? No, I'm not. no. I wish. Uh, my dad is no. going to the Scotland game, oh, but he's no. over oh. there for business anyway. I don't. I don't really know of many people going. Uh, I don't. I don't long, know. Long like, way. No, no, no offense, to your dad, but I don't know if I was an. If I'd go watch the Scotland, because you can watch Ireland play Scotland sort of any time. Like I would have gone to like Japan. Yeah, no, I think he's only if, there for if, that if game. So time, yeah, they might as well. Yeah. Yeah, but um, anyway, thanks again, guys, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Sweet Great job. job on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Bye, 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 bye. Cool. So, uh, Adam, cool. have you prepared your Uruguay speech? My Uruguay speech? Is it, was that today? <laughs> no, we're joking. We, we've decided since, since you were in chat, we're just going to... We we're gonna slot in America now just to um. Well, so I'm not prepared at all. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. You, you don't you don't have to do one, Adam. But I would like more participation than there has been from you in the last half hour. What's up, Ed? I'm, I'm listening. It's been really comprehensive stuff. Yeah, you know? exactly. and I'm yeah I don't these, want to interrupt. Uh, the the man bring, bring these bring these uh these other guys onto the pod has really showed us up for just shocking poor like weak like surface level analysis because I'm like yeah I, I couldn't do what he just did for Ireland for South Africa let alone now <laughs> for fucking Tonga yeah okay uh, anyway uh, well this this I'll, I'll do you want me to do America quick yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah let's, let's do a palate okay, cleanser yeah so so this is the thank you Morris Fuller who provided this to us um Unlike Georgia, which Matt summarized, I'm just going to read this word for word. I'm going to, I'm going to pull a bit of an atom, okay? There's nothing wrong with reading things word for word. It's detailed analysis. Yeah, but okay. again, I think in your defense, yours is written by a gentleman in his first language. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> no, no, okay. Fair enough. Just um, um, the stats on USA quickly, 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 which I have lost. Well done, Ben. Um, They've played some rugby. 
They've, I don't think they've won it. Yeah, USA, I've heard the... Okay, USA World Cup, they are they were ranked 15th in the world when I did this. They might have moved, I'm not sure. Solid work, Ben. Um, in the World Cup, they've played 25 games. Uh, they've won three and they've lost 22. Their best finish is the pools. They've never, they've never made it out the pools, okay. So strengths, Morris says... The Eagles are coming off a very successful 2018 and a 2019 that, while not as good as last year, wasn't down to the level that they've been historically. Basically, they, they're trending upwards. Confidence in the team should be relatively high. For the first time, all of the squad should be professionals or at least semi-professionals. With this being the first World Cup since the MRI was founded, it is uncertain how big of an impact this will have after only two seasons, but I'm sure it will be a positive impact on fitness and skill levels, as players are training more often than they have before. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's fair comment. I think the MRL is definitely a a positive move for um, for American rugby. Not just it seems not just the USA benefits from it. It seems a lot of guys like from Uruguay, from Canada. Yeah. Stuff like that are even are kind of getting involved there, so I think it's it's good for the for the region in general. Yeah, all of yeah. a sudden, we've heard that Brazil can now play rugby. Apparently, oh well, yeah, they can scrum. Yeah. My God, they Fuck, can. Where did that scrum. come from? Like, like how did that? Yeah, it, it doesn't. If if someone told me, you know, if someone was like mm, uh, Bulgaria are a very good scrumming team, I'd be like, yes, that makes perfect that sense. Tracks. Like, yeah, but if someone like Brazil being a very, I don't know where that comes from. Like, you know, it's a you bit, know that I nation know. of that nation that's really known for like being light on their feet while they play soccer, yeah, and, like, like play and samba dancing, and yeah, yeah, just unnaturally good at being big boys. Yo, weird. Okay, anyway, um, weaknesses, um, a lack of consistency and winning culture against the big boys. Um, I know we beat Scotland C. In 2018, I argue that was Scotland B because Stuart Hogg was playing. And that's sure to help. Um, but we still seem to struggle against people who aren't historic, who we aren't historically uh, supposed to beat. That's fair enough. Uh, we just yep. beat Samoa 13-10 and, um, and we were put under a lot of pressure by them. Although um, although it was a bit of an experiment, line out depth is another big issue. As beyond the first uh, the first 15, or in some cases 23, we're a bit thin on top talent. That's fair enough. I think that's kind of that's sort of indicative of a lot of these sort of teams outside the top sort of say 12. That yeah. you know they kind of they kind of stay in their lanes a bit. They don't try they don't try really rock the boat or well, not not that they don't try. beat you know what I mean. They they kind of Games against them kind of play out to the script, unless you're Japan playing South Africa, of course. Um, yeah, so I think that's, that's a fair weakness. Okay, key forward. Henko Hermanisgeit. Gijs. No, Henko Hermanisgeit. Oh, shit, yes, I heard about this chap. Oh, Hanko, not Hinko. Uh, the open side who moved with his parents to Montana or one of those square states when he was eight. He is one of the best players in the MRL and might be playing Super Rugby if he stayed in SA. He played in and starred for all, Amer for all of the American age group sides. The guy is a player of quality, uh, of a quality not generally found in the US. He is only 22 and has 10 caps and six tries. That's impressive. Um, other honorable mentions to... Uh, Titi Lamo, Lamo Sitila, uh, the Saracens prop and prodigious size scorer, and um, Samu Manoa. 
perhaps the best 15, uh, perhaps the best player the U.S. has ever produced. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then um, key back is A.J. McGinty, the Irish-born fly half. He is of a genuine international quality. Uh, while we have some other good teams, when AJ, AJ goes um, when AJ goes down, the drop is pretty significant. He plays for sale in the US. He is a good goalkeeper and distributor. He is a gift from above to the Eagles, who have historically struggled to find fly halves um, with a deep understanding of strategic play and kicking. I kind of I kind of understand that. Where you know when you're from a country that doesn't have sort of the rugby culture, you don't have the same sort of, you know, approach to the game and stuff, I guess. Um, if he gets injured, the England, um, the Eagles are in big trouble. Honorable mentions to uh, Ruben de Haas, the young cheetah Scrumhoff, and Marcel Brachy and Blaine Scully. Oh, Marcel Brachy, remember, he used to play for UCD. Yeah, Brachy, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Also played for uh, the force. Yeah. I think, I think finish. more people would know him for the force then. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Predicted finish. I predict one win in the Rugby World Cup for the US, uh, with us finishing fourth in the pool, having beaten Tonga. It is, however, time that we finish fifth, as Tonga will be the most prepared for a World Cup since they've had the luxury, um, since they've had a luxurious amount of time with their players. Fair enough that Pacific Nations Cup does benefit those teams. And then wins against England, France, or Argentina are extremely unlikely. I do think this will be our best World Cup in terms of rugby played, regardless of the results of games. Which, yeah, another another fair comment. Thanks, Morris. Um, oh, thanks, Morris. Yeah, they are they are a bit unlucky in that in that group because if you think about it, if they were in say Ireland and Scotland's group, like they would have a fair chance of knocking over Russia, um, Japan, and uh, Samoa. So it's a bit, you know, they're a bit unlucky to sort of when they kind of the best US rugby's ever been, they do get put in a pretty... Shit group. Yeah, in a pretty tough um, World Cup group. So, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's unfortunate. What can, what can one do? What yeah. can, what can <laughs> one do? Life sucks. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thanks, Morris. I always appreciate it. Yeah. I think what's becoming clear to me is that everybody in the group knows far more about rugby than we do. At times, I don't know what this is about us. <laughs> maybe, maybe we we have more time on Sundays than everyone else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Clearly All right, what, what's next? Okay, Ben. Uh, do you want to do Tonga? Then you can rest up and stretch your French legs. We we where you take wine for my children. Practice, practice your French. Okay, so yeah. Do you want do you want it in French or English? The French presentation. I would say uh, do, I, I would say the best way to do it is say that you're doing it in a French presentation, but then draft in mostly foreign players to play for you, and then use their language. Okay, cool. So yeah. when you're speaking about okay. the forwards, are largely Georgian. Uh, so I'll speak I'll speak like Algerian and stuff when you know when I'm talking about the back row. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. okay. So, Tonga. Tonga. So yeah. Um. As well, as Morris said, they've had a nice little time together. They've managed to play the Pacific Cup this year. Not the best performance, finishing fifth overall out of six, with a record of out of three games played three, won one, lost two. 
with I think the only win coming up against Canada of all countries. So yeah, sucks to be them. But they have won the competition a couple of times in the past. So yeah, shame. It's a pretty for them. No, I lied. It was Fiji who's won. They shit. Uh, anyway, Tonga. Yeah, they've so they've also got a. Uh, where are their stats? I lost their stats. Now fuck. Uh, ben. I don't think. Oh, so sorry. Do you want? Sorry, I'm I'm doing I'm doing some ironing at the moment. Oh fuck! I have to iron tomorrow morning. Um, Tonga yeah. have um. I think they've got played like twenty five. Played twenty five, won seven, lost eighteen. Don't they have like and one they've... super famous win like over Wales or something? Yeah, um, I'm no. not sure. I don't have the. I feel like that's uh, they beat like Australia or something outside of the World Cup. Was it? No, tomorrow? no. In the, in a World Cup, they've got like a win over like Wales uh, or something. Oh, it was probably, I think it was France. Uh, well, yeah. Didn't that be France? Yeah, yeah, surely yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone's beaten France at some point. Yeah, yeah they've got a yeah. historic 1914 victory over France in 2011, but lost to New Zealand and Canada and were unable to achieve much ever. Uh, yeah, so they've never been to the quarterfinals. Uh, let's see. This season, uh, spoiler for this, the back end of my discussion, I don't know if they're going to see this the quarterfinals this season either this tournament either but hey um yeah so the strengths of this side is that the usual the usual pacific island the mold of the big boys sort of throughout the team the tongans tend to be a bit bigger than the rest of the pacific islands so they tend to have a slightly more forward dominant style of play compared to your classic pacific islander play style and yeah, the weakness, as Ben's pointed out, when you play against these these teams, organize it, just having an organized attack or an organized game plan tends to th- throw a spanner in their sort of free flowing, get their free free flowing pattern of play and all that. So I think that's yeah, Japan did that to monster them, and they and also Japan played very quickly, which for some reason Tonga couldn't keep up with. So yeah. And yeah, so yeah, strengths, weaknesses, key players. Uh, fuck. Rugby Pass keeps saying Paia Fau Nunu. One of their props is their highest rated player on Rugby Pass's website, according to the Rugby Player Index. Fuck knows how that system works because I would argue that. Where's his face now, man? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, Sa- uh, Salia Piotau, 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 is Piotau, their captain, should be their most influential player, and he's like third or fourth row, fourth row down the thing as, as center. So, yeah, key backs will be him, and that little nugget of a scrum off they got, uh, Takalua, that little young lad that when he's on, he's fucking magic to watch i watched a couple of games a couple of highlights reels of him but yeah he's young and can get a bit emotional or whatever frustrated and then sometimes can fall apart so yeah there's back line and then forwards they've got oh, fuck i hope ben tamifuna plays for them this season just because i want to see that mm. big man play because yeah he's hilariously large and to see him play another world cup would be great and then yeah literally forwards who else have they got that's worth mentioning. Like, literally, their most influential... Oh, they've got the other Mafia I keep forgetting to mention. They've got Steve Mafia. 
<laughs> Steve, yeah, Steve, Steve Murphy. Not related or possibly related to <laughs> Aminaki Murphy. Yeah, no relation. Or let's not say no relation, but just let's just say the yeah, Murphy. Possibly related, yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, then couple of, you know, like I say, they're the biggest side. So, like, all their players are note are props and, like, the odd eighth man. So, yeah, their front row will be devastating in loose play. Not so much, I think, when it comes to actual scrummaging, but I reckon one or two of the few sides they will be able to eat in a scrum too if they so desire and yeah key fixture i want i want to say that the u.s game for tonga is a must win game and i would almost say that i want them to almost pull a pull a repeat and beat france again and come out of the come out of this one with at least two win this with two wins i hope france this man just self-destructs that tonga can get themselves two wins at least yeah so but yeah more than likely their big game is the u the game against the u.s which is their sort of must win game so yeah as murray says i also think that a lot is going to be placed on there and then yeah i want to say that they're going to come Most probably fourth in their pool, but I'd like to see them third. I'd be happy. Like, I'm rooting for them to come third in their pool, but I think realistically they're going to come fourth. Fair enough. I think, yeah. That sounds like a very tight analysis. Tight analysis of Tonga. Uh, they like KFC. I've seen that in a documentary. Fuck, where's... Actually, that's what I should have watched this afternoon. I was looking for something. Have you guys seen it? Um, what is it called? Uh, Pacific, yeah, Pacific Warriors. And it's like just this documentary on the Pacific Islanders when uh, rugby team sort of in the build-up to the last World Cup. And it's just like chats yeah. with old players and that and like talking about the, the ridiculous training camps. Like they like sleeping in church halls in England or whatever and like playing in like practicing on like a park or whatever because they, can't, they don't have cash to like rent an actual field in that. It is so, it is such, yeah, it like warms your heart. And like, uh, uh, Tanu Munger's brother. What the fuck? What's his first name now? Uh, fuck, I can't remember. But Munger's older brother. He tells the story of how he told his boot. Ah, 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 ah. Because his boot wanted to play with him. For... Samoa? Fiji? Samoa, Fiji. I think Samoa. Uh, yeah. And he's, yeah, Tanu wanted to play. And he's like, no, 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 no. You're going to play for New Zealand. Don't, don't come play here. And then, yeah, we all know how that went. So, yeah. And, like, it's quite interesting. Like, they cover, like, the sort of emotional side of choosing to play for the country instead of your country instead of the All Blacks and that as well. It's quite a heat documentary. I think, I'm pretty sure it's Pacific Warriors. I think, yeah. I can't remember. It. I got a pirated copy somewhere. So, I'll find it somewhere and I'll tell you all where to watch it. Because I think everyone should watch that in the build-up to the World Cup. Cool. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Matt. Good recommendation. Yeah. Cool. Uh, ben, that, uh, are you still with us? Ben, are you still ironing? Oh shit! Sorry, I'd I turned my I turned my microphone off so you didn't hear ironing noises. Um, I, uh, I think I think I think Gavin Gavin gave like a a ten out of ten review. Then we dropped yeah. down to like Morris's eight out of ten review. 
Yeah, now we dro- then we dropped to to Matt's about six out of ten review. Now we're about to see about a four out of ten review from Ben. So it's gonna yeah. we we a steady decline. Hopefully everyone is... stopped listening by now. Look, it's um, only France. Yeah, I mean, France. If you've got French fans listening, I'll be impressed. Yeah, um, France have a surprisingly good World Cup record. Actually, um, they are ranked. I th- where are they at the moment? Ninth in the world, I think. I think so, yeah. Oh, fuck. Maybe beating yeah, Sanga's like 19th. Yeah, okay. Mentioned. Yeah, okay. Um, anyway, uh, France, uh, they've played 48 games. They've won 33. They've drawn one and they've lost 14 at the World Cup. They were the losing finalists in 87, 99, and 2011. So basically every 10 years, they're the losing finalists. So not this World Cup next one, they're going to lose in the final again. Um, yeah, um, I, I think this is, sorry, this is so, this is so cliche, but, sorry, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes, we can. Yeah, please go ahead. This is so cliche, but, um, their weakness is just, it's like the, the constant French weakness is just their, their sort of mercuriality, not even so much even on the field anymore. It's just like stuff like you know, the players might go on strike. The You know, they'll be calling for the coach's head in the media like halfway through, you know, if they have one bad result, maybe against Tonga, Matt. Yeah. Um, there's no um, there's no real, like, discipline, like that whole thing with, like, remember Teddy Tamar, they just got rid of him even though he was their best player because he, like, broke curfew or something and he's still being punished for that, like, a year later. Um, yeah. See, like, yeah. there is, they just... I don't know, like the, for lack of a better phrase, they're they're a, they're a hot mess. They're a hot mess. So yeah, um, but then kind of more more rugby weaknesses. They they lack a bit of they lack a bit of experience across the field, and especially this current squad isn't super used to winning. Like it's I know we we talk about it quite a lot with like the the Crusaders and stuff. How like winning is a bit of a habit. And these guys don't have that habit. Like the, this squad has like been through some pretty shit stuff. And remember, they wanted to get rid of their coach a while ago, and then they didn't end up yep. getting rid of their coach. And then because you know he like won a game, and everyone seemed to forget about that. And yeah. So anyway, yeah. I would say no, that's, turmoil, that's turmoil. is the word we use with the French. Constant turmoil. Yeah. Um. The the strengths are they have relatively good depth weirdly just because they have such a sort of a healthy a healthy kind of um, domestic competition with the the top 14 that's uh, that's obviously so that obviously there is always talk about oh no we've, we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot by you know allowing so many foreigners into the top 14 blah 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 but I think there are enough teams to sort of that the French talent still still sort of comes through and we often yeah. see it by just by virtue of, because we obviously we don't really watch so much top 14, but we just kind of see it when the when the players kind of appear, you know, at French level, and we just like shit. Where did this guy come from? He's he's bloody good. Like yeah, like I know I, know I had that with T- Teddy Thomas a few years ago. I was like, fuck, this guy's heat. And then suddenly it's like, yeah. oh yeah, like because you know they sort of so they do have a a good conveyor belt of talent. And then by the same virtue where you say sort of well where I was saying that they're their kind of Frenchness is their weakness. Their Frenchness is also their strength because we know in World Cups, France are always going to 
to kind of do the unexpected, to pull out to pull out a big result out of nowhere. Which, yeah, I wouldn't like. I think we we could see. Hopefully, it's against England. I'd be very pleased about that. But yeah. um, fuck, go down to Tonga and then yeah. beat England. The dream. Yeah. So the key. Um, the, the key key back is quite a it's quite a tricky one because I would say may, maybe not maybe not because they because they're the best players but it'll be the the sort of the the nine ten the nine ten combination that'll that'll kind of dictate the that'll that'll kind of dictate the whole play because obviously that's because remember during the six nations or something they had i think five different combinations in six games or it was just something stupid like that so at the moment i I don't really because they obviously have what's his name uh seren the scrum half um then dupont who's like the young guy then they have lopez at fly hop so it'll be Whatever combination they settle on, I think it's just going to be kind of a form decision. But yeah, I would say their their key is sort of that that nine ten that access to kind of get everything moving. Because if if that's not happening, like they they're going to kind of go nowhere. Then their their key forward more for kind of experience than player. I would probably go either Pickamore or Camille Shah. Just because, um, just because of kind of like their their leadership, their presence on the field, because they do have a lot of hotheads. Not not like no like individual, but you know, it's just sort of the French mentality that they're going to kind of lose the plot a bit at some point in the game, and they're going to need someone to sort of bring them back down to earth. Because I know famously Bustero, when he was captain, remember he just like kind of went off on them, and then that. Had kind of the opposite effect, mm. which I'm actually beginning to think is maybe why Bustero isn't there because he's a bit of a negative influence on the team. Maybe mm. I'm not sure. Yeah. So anyway, I'd say they are probably the yeah one of them. Just just more of a just someone has to step up and be a bit of a leader, which they've kind of historically lacked since I guess kind of Dusatois. Eh? Yeah, and then um, sorry, James is having a cry. Um, predicted f- finish. I'm I'm gonna make a, a semi big call and say I don't think they're gonna make it out of their pool. Oof. I think they're gonna. I wouldn't say it's a big. Call. Yeah, I think Argentina beat them. I would comfortably say. Argentina oh yeah, I'm. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I just think Argentina, if they play a structured enough game, they have all the elements they need to beat France. Hmm. So That's yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say, I don't think France are gonna make it out their pool. Weirdly, if they make it out their pool, they have a good a shot as anyone is winning the world. Go Cup. all the way out. Yeah, if, if they make it out their pool, they're going to the final. Fact. <laughs> yeah. So their big game yeah. is Argentina, because otherwise, because then they're winning the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. So, so I would say the the most important fixture is Argentina, because if they beat them, they'll win the World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. the French. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's, um, it's always true, bro. They have size. They have speed. Is this Jenny with a 
the coach brings it together, the squad uh, comes together at a World Cup, and also what sort of style they're going to play. I mean, I didn't watch that Scotland, Scotland game necessarily the one before it. You really, we really have no idea. They're always unsettled, it seems. Yeah, but, but it's also like the public and the media, and the French seem to take things incredibly personally, if you know what I mean. You know, like <laughs> one bad article in the media and like the team could go on strike, or, you know, like if, you know, the coach drops someone who thinks he should be playing, he might, you know, refuse to go to practice, or, yeah, or the public could just randomly turn on someone who makes a, like, a relatively understandable mistake. So there's loads of, <laughs> I don't know, there's... There lot basically there there lots of things that can go wrong, and a lot of things like a lot of things have to fall into place for it to go right for them. So I, I don't think this is going to be a successful World Cup at all for France. Cool. Well, yeah. uh, I'd give I'd give that review a, a solid six and a half out of ten. Then. Yeah, I'd say you're more prepared. Than you, I that's the standard we aim for in this pod, Adam. Yeah. Hmm? Uh, um, if if even if I had a review, I wouldn't have even done it. To be honest, so yeah, at least you're prepared. Yeah, well, you, you were meant to do Uruguay, so we, we're still waiting for that. Yeah, yeah that's okay. I'll blow your socks off next week. Adam, just a heads up I mentioned okay. earlier. Sorry, sorry. Was, I don't know if it was before or after we started recording, but this is the first time Uruguay's got a professional side playing in the World Cup, eh? So you better feature that fact quite heavily. Uh, yeah, I did not know yeah. that. Thanks, Ben. Hey, thanks, uh, Ben and Matt. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure that's included. Cool. Um, do we need any other business? I think business is done. There's no. We got blame games. Cob, cob. Is 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 that a phrase in South Africa? People in Mauritius love saying cob. Cob. Close the business. Close yeah, the close the business. Nah. Yeah. Oh, they're like, oh, I need need this by cob. So it is a thing. Okay, oh, I've never used I've never used COB in a sentence, but I have used close of business, but I've never shortened it to COB. But I feel I'm like right. it's quite an aggressive no, statement. No, me, mommy, like, it's I, like, yeah, I need this yeah. document by Monday, close of business, or we will take further steps. It's the only time I've ever used it professionally. Is like, hey, you need to give me this fucking letter by the end of the week. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's very it's very Mauritian email culture, I think, because they they obviously Mauritians don't speak English as their first language. Most Mauritians speak yeah. English, but it's not their first language. But then all the business here is done in English, so like mm. emails come off as always quite like aggressive, just because yeah, kind of they thing. they go and just... yeah, because they they don't they, they don't have the subtleties. No, she's 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 dealing with yeah, yeah, they don't, like. And every now and then, there's definitely a lost in communication vibe, you know. <laughs> We're not quite sure what's going on. Like, they need a couple of emails after the original email to clear up uh, what, what exactly has been spoken about. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've yeah and the emails come off quite like, I don't know if rude's the right word, or like, but like punchy almost. Like, do this. Short. Uh, uh, Short. Of, like, you know, they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't talk around issues like we do. Yeah, I've got that yeah as well. When I talk to the other te- the the, not the local teachers, it's pretty much the same job. Yeah, where it's do this, do that. Yeah, it's very like like there's a very efficiency of speech. Yeah. Did you guys? Uh, did you mention? I, I I assume you covered Australia's World Cup squad throughout the start. Oh, we 
sort of blasted. We, yeah. um, we, we we talked man. about we talked about the the sort of the the, the weaknesses of having two scrum halves, Earth and Earth. we Earth. and um, the inclusion of Lu- Ulysses so, and Pattaya. Yeah, do, do you have anything so. further to say, Adam? Yeah, I call. Cool. Because I think yeah, we we decided that we weren't going to spend too much time because we're going to cover those squads come, whoever's reviewing them. Uh, no, that's true. Uh, well, we had we did the Aussie review anyway, but uh, yeah, I just did it only. Yeah, we've redone the we've redone the Aussie review. That's why we should. Oh, we should maybe talk about the Aussie squad. No, no, we, no, we, we could we could chat about that a bit more next week. Shows how much I paid attention. So it was it was nothing was. No, well, nothing was super sort of funny. No Jack Maddox, no Luke Jones, no. Um, no Bernard is looking very far away from the number ten jersey. We could get more into it in, in, in like no, the future. No, we can talk so. now. Let's talk now. We can. We yeah. Uh, Hannigan. Um, is there? Let's see. That does not make comments. And at this, uh, they, they is Hannigan there? I think he must be there. Surely he's there. Let me make uh, sure. I don't have it. Let me confirm. <laughs> I'm opening it now. Uh, Hooper, Kepu... No, Hannigan's not there. So I'm assuming Hannigan's on holiday nearby for when Pocock inevitably doesn't play. Yeah. Do you think Pocock's the most likeful, like, Hannigan replacement? No, but I'm assuming... I mean, Hannigan's the most like... No, but I... Not at all, but I'm assuming Hannigan's the next on the fucking list of of loose forwards. What, 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 what... What loose forwards have they taken? They've got... Well, there's Hooper, Sarkar Lotto, Pocock, um, Maserani, Hooper. They've only got four loose forwards, four and a half loose forwards. Yeah. Four loose forwards and one of them's Pocock. Well, they've got... No, no, no. They've got, I think, four loose forwards and Pocock. Oh. No, no. Who? So they got... Pocock, Hooper, Nicerani, Salakai, Lotto. Who else? Uh, Hooper, uh, I'm looking in now. Uh, Jones is in the squad. Uh, Coleman. Jones isn't in the squad. Coleman's a lock. Yeah, Coleman's oh, a lock, but... yeah. Fuck. Well, um, that's, that's the main point. They're very thin there, and I don't... And as, well, you haven't read my prediction sheet yet, but, okay, well, spoiler alert, Pocock doesn't get far. Yeah. I don't. I think Pocock might not even play a game in this World Cup, to be honest. Yeah, no, Pocock's smoking yeah, mirrors. That, that'd, be, that'd be an even more meta prediction than me, actually. Yeah. Um, like, well, I mean, yeah, I've never really heard That's, that, that's crazy, it. like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they're forwards, all their forwards. Alatoa, Rory Arnold, Adam Coleman, Jack... So, so, so literally every, every, every loose forward is going to have to play every game. No, they're obviously going to be trying, trying out, trying out locks at six, because they're seeing how yeah. we do it at seven. And <laughs> I, I love hearing how frustrated you get at Australia trying to play tricks like this. Do you have the squad in front of you now, man? Oh, no, like, I don't, in front I don't... of me. Okay. Well, Oaks, just if I, I'm like, I don't know if... so I apologize for opening this can of words. No, it's fine. It's fine because it's it's just it's the perfect way to cap it off. Just Ben. Ben being just mindfuck Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Last four. Should we just? Oh, is there this super brief for? Uh, are the curry cup uh, think... uh, things next week or this week? Uh, <laughs> excuse me. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think next week, eh? Oh, they... 
Okay, well, we should probably do our, a super brew for them and then yeah. call it a day. Yeah, I think the playoffs yeah. are next year. Yes. Have you got it in front of you? Um, I, I think it's... it's... I don't have it in front of me. You just look at the table, you can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's Griquiz, Griquiz Lions. Uh, okay. Are they playing each yeah, other again? Yeah, it's a bit weird, but that's annoying for them. I guess it, whatever it is, the final, the, it's going to be a repeat fixture, yeah. the semi-final. So I don't know. I, just a I bit weird that it happens. Scrape through. I think their points difference is like one or minus one or yeah, zero. One sucks. of those. It sucks for them. I think they were playing. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, but the I other don't one? know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, would be Sharks versus Cheetahs? I think in Blum. Yeah, I think it's Sharks. Cheetahs should take it, but yeah. Yeah, I think the, I think I can't see the shot. Oh, just wait, wait, what, what, what do we think for Lions Griquiz? Uh, Lions. Yeah, sucks for Griquiz, but I think Lions are going to take, but not by much. I think it's going to be close. Yeah, it's going to be tight. Lions by one. Yeah, like, like I, I back the lines to play kind of because the Griquas style of rugby, like it doesn't really suit sort of closing out a game and stuff. Yeah, it doesn't suit the final. So, yeah, so in a game where it's only a bit more, a bit more's on the line, like I think the Lions should have it too. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon. And then. Okay. Cheetahs over Shark, surely, yeah? Yeah, Cheetahs. Yeah, I'll back Cheetahs. Dweber's to pick up at Bracer Drive. Dweber's going to be my new um, uh, my new Tyrone Green and Celesi Rayasi. You know oh, the boy I just back? Ben, Celesi uh, yeah. Rayasi is one of the super rugby players that's been dropped. No, I don't want to talk about it. They yes. go the backboard of my fantasy rugby. Yeah, so, same as if, any, if anyone wants, if anyone wants a place in our fantasy rugby league, just email Alex because I'm quitting now. Celesi Rossi isn't playing. Sorry, sorry, Ben. I, I plan to build, I plan to build my whole season on him and just be smug. And now, <laughs> well, you, you know, both you and the and the New Zealand sevens coach have similar eyes for talent by the looks of it. Yeah, maybe maybe I should go. Maybe I should play fantasy sevens instead. Hey, that, fuck, Fantasy 7s must be a ball egg to play. Like, trades, like, with them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an intense weekend of, like, trades on on the half hour, every half hour. <laughs> no, I, I presume you trade, like, yeah. per, per, what, per sort of... Uh, six, yeah, per, per tournament, per yeah. Weekend. Fuck, imagine the scores you pick up in a weekend, though. Yeah, Jesus. Well, yeah, they, they say in, in, a, in a game of... A game of sevens, players on average, I think, ho- hold the ball for three times longer than in a game of 15, like each individual player. Yeah, I was going to say, like your carries... Which your is meters, crazy if you think about it. Your meters run and your carries must be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, like I, I reckon some of those Oaks probably average like a kilometer in a, of, of carry meters in a weekend. Yeah, easy, easy. Hmm. You think how many 60-meter tries are in hmm. sevens? Yeah, so if say you score like four or five tries, yeah. Like the only thing that sort of puts a little bit of no. a little bit of damper on the ridiculous scores will be your missed tackles penalties. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but they don't really. They don't, uh, uh, and said something quite interesting. 
that he reckons Tyrone Green should go play sevens, just for a season or two. Nah. You know about the Lions. Leave him there, he'd be He'd do good in sevens, but I think it would... It wouldn't yeah, yeah. necessarily be the best thing for his 15s career. Like, he'd have a good seven season in that, and he'd be cool. But I don't think he'll be able to come back to 15s and pick up immediately where he left off. There'd be a bit of a finding this for you. Well, to, to be honest, we, we really haven't seen players transitioning to, like, a position of kind of dominance. Because yeah, like, only I would say weird, Quaker has been the most successful sevens yeah, convert for South Africa. because there's no one else. Obviously, there are guys. Sinatla, okay, Colby. Eh. No, but there, there are there are guys who sort of who've played sevens before, but who weren't like because Quaker definitely he's like yeah, the sevens like, kind of specialist. I mean, like who's you playing argue, 15s. yeah, the guys who like got the central came through that central contracting seven system. That they set up in Stellenbosch and that. So, like Sinatla, Kwaka, Boom, Prince Lou, Agaba, uh, Speckman. Those guys, I think Kwaka is most probably the most successful. Uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Vanna Kwaka. Alright, well, Vanna Kwaka. Is there any, 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 any further business? We're going to do a blame game? <clears throat> Should we blame Dodder too, Ben? <laughs> Oh, sorry. I think I think me and Matt have to take the blame take a bit the, of blame for like our uh, yeah. You must check how we open this episode, Adam. Okay. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll like, like honestly, blame. we have a we have a terrible we have a terrible opening to this episode, and then um, I think we need to take a blame for being thoroughly outclassed in our reviews by uh, Gavin and Morris. I'm going to argue that we have yeah. to do this every week. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess for them it's a one-off thing. Like, yeah, it's it's yeah. It's their time to shine, my man. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks, thanks for letting me saunter in a little bit late. I very much appreciate it. No stress. Good. And good for day. not giving you the blame game, which I thought was quite nice yeah. of us as well. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, oh, appreciate it. Oh, I didn't even mention I went to go watch wrestling it. yesterday, which was awesome. <laughs> Like, oh, was it cool? Yeah, it was. It's like the only promotion in South Korea. Then there were like maybe like two hundred people watching. Fuck, it was dope though. A guy jumped off a sp- well, a guy j- jumped off a slightly tall balcony onto a group of people. That's great. cool. Yeah, it's always good. <laughs> if you think that's extreme, uh, for I the st- Dodo, we formed teams. Those fireworks at our land. We played against a team of our mates from the UK. The UK kept chanting us bar one game, yeah. so it, it didn't go well. I started a ho- I started a chant of holy shit when the guy jumped off the balcony. <laughs> After we were told at the beginning, please guys, the kids in the audience, let's try not let's try not to swear during our chants. Well, but it's hard for you because you can't swear you can't swear for your whole work day, Matt. So. Yeah. So like, and now you mean to not swear in your free time as well? Yeah, like four, no fucking like thank four, you. Four beers deep, and the guy jumps off a balcony. Of course, I'm gonna shout holy shit. Yeah, but did you need to try start a chant? Did it work? Oh, it did. It, it did. It did work. The crowd got behind the holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. It's quite a staple <laughs> chant of wrestling. I, I, I once, I, I once started a. Uh, 
a Roger We Love You chant when watching Roger Federer play tennis. And I think that that's one of the highlights of my sports sporting career. Nice. Nice. Starting a classic chart is very important. Yeah. No, no, I, I, was very, I was very pleased with myself. Yeah. Adam, what's your sporting supporting highlight? Uh, um... Your first time no, at Loftus, yeah. your uh, second time at Loftus, your third time at Loftus. No, um, I'm just trying to have think. You, of have, you, have, have you caught? Have you have you have you caught a six? No. Um, and generally, when I go watch sports, often we lose for some reason. So um, I guess I probably have to be when I was still living in Cape Town when uh, I watched uh, quite a few Spock games at Newlands, and that the box actually won because often. Uh, I would have gone. I saw them against France and Joburg. We won. Uh, all the New Zealand games I've seen in, in South Africa, we've lost. Um, I've seen an Aussie victory. In, I mean, last year Loftus was pretty great for 60 minutes, and then and then the inevitable happened. So uh, that was pretty lacquer. Um, I guess uh, I've been to the MCG for an Ashes test. That was pretty kiff. Uh, I've watched an AFL game. I had no clue what was going on. That was very entertaining. So uh, yeah. Um, so I, I guess it's I, I, I really don't know, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> do, 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 do you want a do you want a good one? But it's quite sad. Yeah. Well, I watched Jonah Lomu play for the Cardiff Blues. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. But it, yeah. it, it was honestly oh. it was like it was like watching like a, he was like so far past his prime though, but he was still kind of trucking on and oh, it was it was I almost cried. Um, I can't remember it now. Now it should remind me. I watched the, the Lions beat the Sharks in the Curry Cup final. Just told that at his park. Um, I think it was 2000. It was, it was when uh, Yakutata was still playing for the Lions. And Jesse Creel was just emerging just at the beginning Lions. when Josh when when Strauss, Strauss was captain. And Ellis Park was full. That was a jaw. That, that was lacquer. Uh, 13, that 14 yeah. around there, maybe? Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was like Ellis Park was, was full. But it was great. So, yeah. A proper. That was a happy day, I remember. Nice. I'm glad you've, cool. you've found your sporting highlight. Thanks. Cool. On that, on that bombshell. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, hope you have a good one. Yeah. And uh, thank you, listeners. I know yeah. Ben Ben didn't mention it, but thank you, listeners, for getting this spot. Sorry, it's 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 to the listeners. I apologize. We're we're aware it's been a bit sort of stuttery and stop starty, but we we hope you enjoyed it. I, yeah. I thought I thought Gavin added real value. So Gavin. Yeah, no, Gavin. Yeah, I apologize. I like 20 minutes it's 40 minutes past yesterday already yeah 